After seven months, the NFL has returned. We are honored to be at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin, the home of college football in Ireland, where next August, Nebraska are playing Northwestern in the Erlingus College Football Classic. The, as we said, the Aviva is the home of college football outside of the US, and we can't wait to go to the game next August. And if you want more information on that, you can check out the new website, collegefootballireland.com, where you'll get updates and tickets as well. On the subject of football, we're at the Aviva. Here's the lads, seven months on, boys, football back on Ferris night with the Bucks winning. We're finally back. How are we getting on, Colin? Welcome in. Uh, yeah, the, the, more, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's still Tom Brady's world. Uh, the, the Bucks lose the turnover battle. They give up 100 yards in penalties. They concede 450 yards to the Cowboys and they still win. Um, look, good teams find ways to win. The Bucks are a very good team. You don't want to peak too early, but uh, it's got to be, um, you know, it, it, dispiriting for everyone else to just see you like you, you do everything you can to beat Brady and they still find a way. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, the Bucks proving they are the team to beat in the NFC. And Brian, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott looked fresh after that year out. Yeah, he was very impressive, you know, like his old self. And the offensive line was really good. We were concerned when it did, did help him. I don't think he got sacked too many times during the game and he seemed to avoid pressure throughout the game. But um, the secondaries in particular, um, I felt were very weak on the night. Now, we've always had situations at the start of seasons where the offense might be a step ahead of the defense. And in other seasons, we've seen the defense being a, a step ahead of the offense. So interesting to see how that plays out this week in week one. But I certainly felt that both secondaries were very exposed throughout the game. And sometimes you play the defending football champions in week one and you might catch them on, on the good night. I recall a couple of years ago, the Chiefs went into Foxborough and beat the Patriots. And we've seen it in the past. And the Cowboys will walk away from this game, I imagine, feeling, you know, kind of... I, a lot of people felt they wouldn't win. We all have picked the books, but now having looked at the game, they probably feel that's one that got away. We could have got into Tampa Bay and won the game, where other teams won't throughout the season, in particular, my division, the NFC East. So I was impressed with the Cowboys, but to Colin's point, Tom Brady just found a way. You give him the ball with a minute and a half to go and he found a way to get down the field. And for the first time in a long time, the Bucs seem to have a kicker who knows how to kick field goals. For years, they've had a difficult time with kickers. So yeah, a very good win in the end for the Bucs. Tom Brady, 44 years of age. 44 years of age. I'll just say that again. Incredible. Uh, a new Bucks fan has joined the show this week. Mark, former Patriots fan. He must have loved seeing Tom Brady at 44 years of age, year two in Tampa Bay, just continue to play incredibly well. Yeah, for Patriots fans, we don't feel any remorse or sadness in seeing that at all. I mean, it's a new world order that we're establishing. I'm a massive Tom Brady fan. I think he continues to set the new bar. And like I said the other week on our season preview show, he will set the yardage record in short course. He looked sharp, um, but credit to the Cowboys. That offensive line performed so much more admirably against the Tampa Bay defense than I certainly expected. The Tampa Bay defense looked very poor and porous against a pretty impressive offense, except for Zeke Elliott, who didn't really show up and didn't do much in the running game at all. So that's a bit of a concern. But look, for Cowboys fans who are kind of going, look, we were a lot better than we expected and, you know, shut up some people, and myself included, when you consider how effective their offense was. It's the same as for our national soccer team here in the Aviva Stadium. You can have a really impressive performance against Serbia and get a point. You can have a crappy performance against Kazakhstan and get a point. You end with the same result. At the end of the day, the Cowboys are still 0-1 and didn't win. And all wins are not created equal, but you still just need to win, baby. 
and get it over the line. The box keep winning, and as Colm said, plus échange, qui la même chose, especially for 44-year-old Tom Brady. Well, I don't know how I'm going to top that, but look, they're in the NFC, so it is what it is. Irish NFL show presented by Trust Gaming and Matchbook, our new sponsors. Uh, this week's schedule, we've got a load of games that we're going to talk about today. We've got the Eagles at the Falcons, the Steelers going to the Bills, the Jets going to the Panthers, the Vikings going to Cincinnati, 49ers-Lions is in the early window, Jags-Texans, Seahawks-Colts, Cardinals-Titans, Chargers at Washington, and then in the late window, the Browns-Chiefs, Dolphins-Pats, Packers-Saints, Broncos-Giants, and Sunday Night Football is the Bears versus the Rams. We're back tomorrow night live at 10 p.m. to preview the Ravens against the Raiders. That's this week's matchups. Let's get right into it. Finally talking about the NFL, gentlemen. Colm, I'll start with you. Eagles at the Falcons. The Eagles trying to improve on, uh, well, not a great season last season. No, and uh, a, a season that uh, ended um, in, I suppose, uh, Mr. O'Leary uh, beside me being uh, very upset, uh, but a new head coach. And uh, now with Carson Wentz no longer in the building, um, you got two offensive minded head coaches in this now in Nick Sirianni and Arthur Smith for the Falcons. So I think it could be a very entertaining game. Um, I still don't understand what the Minshew trade was about for the Eagles. To me, it just made no sense. I would have run it back with, with Jalen Hurts, just see what you can do. And then if it works, great, then you build around him. If it doesn't, then you go and get your, your QB of the future next year. Uh, to, to me, I suppose, I think Hurts is going to be really exciting. I think the Eagles could be really entertaining to watch. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be good, but I, I think they're going to be entertaining. Um, and on the Falcons, for me, um, you know, it's life without Julio, but life with Kyle Pitts. And we have seen the growing importance of the tight end as a receiver in this league over the, the past few years. Um, this is about potential and can potential become reality because Kyle Pitts has all the potential. I mean, he could set all sorts of records for a tight end if he lives up to it. I am really intrigued um, to see what he can do. Uh, and, and to me, those are probably the, the two biggest talking points in terms of um, what, what's going to happen in, in this game. Um, I think the, the Falcons, due to the fact that they're at home and they're they're a little bit more settled with Matt Ryan. They should edge this one over the Eagles, but I think an entertaining game. Uh, so you think the Falcons are going to maybe edge it? Brian, who have you got today? Yes. Well, I just want to touch on the Hort situation. Mm. Uh, Colin was asking why, why they've uh, traded for Minshew. I, I'll give you the answer because truly, I don't believe they're convinced that Hort is the guy in the future. 51% um, passer rate in last season. I know he only played half of the games and only threw for five touchdowns. He didn't look for me, ready to be an NFL quarterback. I'm surprised they're going to go in at the start of the season. They've also got Joe Flacco there, who you know well from his time in, in Denver. And he was with the Jets last year and he played a few games. So now they've got two backup quarterbacks, you know, two quarterbacks who arguably could potentially step in and play. So for me, it's a wait and see approach. Let's see how the, the season starts for the Eagles with Hurts. And then on the Falcons side, um, last year, Matt Ryan was getting, I wouldn't say destroyed, but he was continuously on, on his back and the offensive line didn't stand up. It's going to have to, be addressed this season. New head coach coming in, and they need to get their own game going. And Days will be a key key player there. And against an Eagles defense that last year was, I think, ranked the worst against the run. Their linebackers have been very poor over the past few few years. I saw Michael Lombardi this week saying they're the worst set of linebackers throughout the league, which is interesting when he's saying throughout the league, as in one entire team has found three or four linebackers that essentially are the worst in the league. But again, it's week one, it's a different season, so we'll see. In terms of the game. 
I'm more convinced that with Ridley and with Pitts I'll be first game I still think he'll have an impact and they'll get the run game going and I think they will win the game I think it'll be close enough I'd, I'd imagine 27-23 thereabouts the Falcons just about win Who we got Mark? Yeah um, look there's a lot of work for both these teams the Eagles uh, takeaway ratio last year minus 10 on takeaways there's an instant improvement potentially a new coaching staff can develop and I protect the ball to a greater level I think Tua, like, uh, sorry, Jalen Hurts, like Tua, has a lot of question marks over him this season. So we're going to talk a lot about the Alabama quarterbacks, but he is not established as the answer yet. So that's going to be a fascinating storyline for the whole season. And then on the Falcon side, I'm very excited about Pitts and Ridley. And yes, they've lost Julio Jones, but they still have some great pass catches there. They've still got Matt Ryan over 55,000 yards, more than any other quarterback in his first 13 seasons in the NFL. He's 3-0 against the Eagles. He is still a super solid, super dependable quarterback. Um, and I think he is obviously going to be key to them this season. What I will say about the Falcons, though, I'm always reminded of Winston Churchill's line about Russia. They are enigma wrapped in a riddle, surrounded by a mystery. Who really knows what we're going to end up with with them? Because certainly in previous seasons, under different coaching, it has been, you know, a, a potluck guess of what you expect. They have to have improved their defense. I think they have. And I think they're going to be the class act here. The Eagles, for me, there's too many positions that they have below average or at best average performance. Maybe tight end, they've got some exceptional talent, but you, it's a struggle. So for me, Falcons all the way in this one. It's interesting because we had Alex uh, Alex Singleton on the show, I think in July, and he spoke about the confidence in the camp and the people that, you know, realistically, were looking at the Eagles like underdogs. And I think this is a really intriguing matchup, but looking at both teams first off, the Eagles bringing in Munchu, I love the Munchu. I, I, I just think it's great bringing them in. I'm a guy that spent 250 pounds sterling to see Munchu play at Wembley two and a half years ago when it's Deshaun Watson so yeah I just have to say that forever it's an intriguing pick but then Brian you're talking about Joe Flacco as well what's I don't know I don't know what's going on there you know it, that's intriguing because there's so many games today where we're like you know will a rookie come in at some point will Hurts be off the field at some point after week one week two let's see what happens for me very quickly this game Fletcher Cox Brandon Graham are key for this defense these are guys that need to perform in Mercedes-Benz Stadium today to stand a chance but Zach Hurts for me for the Eagles I think is primed to have probably the best season of his career uh, I think this will be his last year in Philadelphia, boys. I don't think he'll be there next year. The whole situation with the Falcons is interesting. Bringing in Kyle Pitts, probably one of the best players in the draft, obviously the best tight end in the draft. If he makes an immediate impact with alongside with a good running game with Mike Davis, Calvin Ridley, there's no reason why Matt Ryan couldn't get this offense going. I'll take the Falcons by seven today, boys. Seven today. Full house. Full house on the Falcons. Let's see if that happens next week. Guy that wears number seven. Ben Rufflesberger. We had the chance to speak to Dan Rooney, also speaking to the GM as well. Big, like it, it became the, the Irish Steelers show, so we have to put a disclaimer out. It's not the Irish Steelers show, but the Steelers going to the Bills, and my God, this is some game. This game's on Sky tonight, 6 o'clock as well. What a game. The Steelers at the Bills. Are you know, the Bills, this is it now, Colin. This is the year for the Buffalo Bills to take that next stop, the next step, and I guess do what Mayo can or can't do depending on a recording but will the Bills <laughs> will the Bills win today to get off to a good start 
It's going to be tough and I think it'll be a lot closer than maybe many people kind of expect. Um, th look, this is a very, very good bill side. There's no doubt about that. And can Josh Allen really cement his position as one of the kind of elite quarterbacks in the game? That's probably the, the question for, for the, the Bills. But I think the, the Steelers have regrouped following, you know, um, a fall off at the end of last season. Um, there's a feel good factor with TJ Watt getting that new contract we saw almost everyone who came to the podium over the last week call for a new contract they got the new contract done there was a lot of talk at the start of the week it wasn't going to get done it did get done i think there'll be a feel-good factor there um look the bills should win this game but the bills weakness has been against the run enter Najee harris and i think he could be set for to have a, a very big game the, the bills should win I just think, though, if if there was to be a surprise, it could be the the Steelers to to win this particular one. But I I would expect if if uh, if you're asking me to pick, I'm going to go Bills. Okay, Bills it is. Brian, who have you got? It's a tricky one. I actually agree with Conor. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people than people uh, believe. And I, I I point to two particular scenarios within within the game. One, the Steelers have four new offensive line guys on the team. So they've literally revamped that offensive line from last year. Big Ben last year, the second second part of the season, went from a passer rating of 101 down to 86. The offensive line struggled. It's a brand new offensive line. Will they hit the ground running and protect them? Um, then on the other side, the flip side is a defensive line for the Bills. If you look at the stats from last year, new season, but last year, not an abundance of sacks. Klein had the most. They need to correct that this year. They need to address that. They're weak against the run. To Collins' point, Harris is going to come in now for the Steelers and run against them. On the other side, Brian Dable, the offensive uh, coordinator for the Bills, if you look throughout his, season, throughout his career, he's always been very effective at producing a great offensive performance against the Steelers for some reason. He seems to have their number. So I do think it'll be close. I'm with Colin. I think people are underestimating how good the Steelers potentially could be. The Big Ben is a concern. The Steelers situation reminds me of Eli Manning and the Giants a couple, a couple of years ago. Everybody on the outside, Giants fans included, could see that Eli was it was time to move on and get a new quarterback, and everybody within within the camp and the general manager would all say, "No, Eli's fine. He he's got more years ahead of him." And we're seeing a very similar situation play out here in Pittsburgh. We all believe, I think, that Big Ben should be, have potentially moved on from the Steelers and they should have addressed the situation in the draft. But no, we're hearing again that Big Ben is ready to go and he's primed that he's lost weight. I think Big Ben is going to struggle this season. And for the game itself, I think the Bills will win, but it will be a close game. Mark, you're shaking your head. I, I don't think they should have moved on from Big Ben. I don't think Big Ben should have moved on from the Steelers. Like, where else would he go? And the Steelers organization, you don't move on from a legend like that. I mean, we've seen some organizations, <coughs> the Giants, um, towards the end of one of these career, uh, players' careers, um, screw it up, frankly, and handle it in a very poor way. Big Ben is the last of that great 2004 draft quarterbacks with Eli retired, Philip Rivers retired. So give the man the chance to go out the right way. At the same token, as we heard from uh, Coach Cow when he joined us, we heard from Kevin Colbert. I mean, the Steelers philosophy every year is not, this is a rebuilding year. Not, oh, we're going for a high pick in the draft. It's, we want to win the Super Bowl every year. And to me still, when you look at the other quarterbacks on the roster, where they were picking in the draft, Big Ben still gives them, the Steelers, in their identity, in their offense, the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl. In relation to this game in itself, I fully agree about the, the, the Bills' defensive line. They need an upgrade. They need more sacks. Gregory Rousseau and A.J. Epenza, if the Bills are having a good season, are two names you'll hear a lot of this season. 
um, to really revitalize that pass rush. Um, and I think, to Colum's point, the, the Steelers' offensive line is one where they should hopefully have great success in this regard. If Najee Harris gets going, if the Steelers can control the clock, if maybe off play action, the Bills' defense can turn into what the Cowboys were displaying on Thursday night and not know how to defend play action, um, the Steelers can definitely make an impression. But for me, the Bills just have too much strength. Um, they should be looking at this season as the season, frankly, and they'll want to continue the momentum they established during a great season last year. So on balance, for me, it's the Bills, but, you know, the game, any given Sunday, the Steelers definitely have a chance in this, and we don't want to write them off. It should be a fantastic game. What a game to start the season. The game obviously being on the sky at 6 o'clock tonight. We'd like to also, before I talk about the game, like to invite the Steelers to play a game here at some point. You're more than welcome. Uh, come on over for the crack. Even a preseason game. Even a scrimmage. Just come over. It's fine. Here, like some, like I mean, like, and I can tell you, now, there's not a bad seat in the stadium as well, so feel free. Intriguing game. And the Steelers fans are going to hate me now. No. Come on. This is the Bills here. Even though I picked them to lose the AFC Championship game, I think it, or sorry, the Super Bowl. I think the Bills will get to the Super Bowl this year. I think this is the year that they, they take the next step up. And we've seen last year they were just behind the level that they need to get to to play Kansas City and win and win. Right, that's that's their ceiling this year. They need to get past that. They will. The only issue they have today, in my opinion, is the run game. You know, they don't have a standout like running back. If you look at the like, well, I was going to say Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys. He didn't do much the other night, but. I just don't know if Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are going to be guys that get them over the line. And I think that's a concern for them now. For me, Stefan Diggs is key, but Cole Beasley this season, he's not vaccinated. That's an issue. If he tests positive, it's going to get, hopefully it won't, but it could get messy. There is a situation there. And obviously it's down to him if he wants to get it. Of course, but I think in this situation now, that could play a massive factor. I think Ben Roethlisberger is done. I just don't know if he's going to be able to play to the level that he has previously. And honestly, boys, for that reason, I just can't see Pittsburgh scoring more than 20 points today. I think the Bills will go upwards in 30 or 40. And I think it could be a shock to start the season. I hope it's not because it's on Sky, 6 o'clock. But I think, boys, it could be done. It could be done. Uh, I'm going to pick the Steelers. We're all, sorry, I'm going to pick the Bills. We're, we're all picking the Bills. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah. Right, game number three. The Jets going to the Panthers. Sam Darnold playing for the Panthers today. Christian McCaffrey finally back. Let's pray to God that he actually plays a full season this year as well. Colin, intriguing matchup. And it's, this, is a great, this is a great thing about week one. There's so many good games here. Yeah, this is a, an, another intriguing one. Um, I think it's somewhat difficult to call because I just don't believe in Sam Darnold. I, it's, it's a reclamation project that's going to fail. <laughs> and I think the Panthers are going to, I said it on the preseason show, I think they're going to uh, regret not taking Justin Fields. Um, that said, with Darnold, with the return of C uh, CMC, um, you would imagine that, you know, they're certainly favorites for this. But um, getting rid of Adam Gase, I don't think you you can overstate how important that is for the Jets. Mm. Like, I mean, he was, it was just poisonous. He is such a bad head coach. Um, he infected every aspect of um, the Jets organization. I think Robert Sala coming in makes a huge difference. Um, and uh, I think this will be uh, closer maybe than, than people expect. Um, 
for Zach, I mean, Zach Wilson's a really good QB. I think he'll be really exciting. His problem, I think, uh, in today's game is the fact that Reddick and Brian Burns are going to be chasing him down, and I don't have a whole lot of trust in that line to protect him. Um, but I think the Jets are going to be a lot of fun this year. I think there'll be a feel-good factor about them. Um, I don't think they win this one, and I think uh, people will think, oh, great, Sam Darnold, but uh, I think it's going to be a false dawn. I, I don't expect Darnold to do much, and uh, Panthers, you, you win this. But you may you win the battle, but you lose the war because you're not you're not you don't have your franchise QB. Brian, big shout out to the Irish Panthers. Only found them the other day, so we have another Irish NFL account. Who have you got today? Well, I'm, I'm against Colin in the sense that he says this game is a tricky one to, because of the unknown of Week One. For me, this is going to be an absolute blowout. I think the Panthers are going to win comfortably. I I was reading some Jets fans this week being concerned, but the fact that they don't even know recognize some of the names of this of the secondary that are going to play in this game and then on the flip side of the panthers defensively quite underrated last year five and all where they kept teams under 20 points where it went over 22 <clears throat> they lost every game because the panthers offense couldn't keep up with the team which they're playing so i think they'll give wilson a very difficult day and then when you've got mccaffrey back fully fit he's obviously like he's one of the best running backs in the league and i'm more on the sam down train i think he'll have a better season it's very hard not to come from the jets but i think he didn't have any support with the Jets and I feel the Panthers will give him enough to be serviceable within the league and I think the Panthers under Matt Rule will actually have a reasonably good season and I think they will win this game I think they'll win by 20 23 touchdown win for the Panthers your, your confidence in the Panthers is impressive Brian I'm confident in Matt Rule <laughs> that's fair enough that's fair enough look um, I think I agree entirely a lot with the points you boys have just made I'm not sure I can, I'm convinced in Sam Donald I'm equally not sure I'm convinced in the Jets as an organisation Nearly a quarter of their players are rookies, uh, 12 rookies in their 53-man squad. Nearly half have less than two years' experience in the NFL. This is a very fresh, very green team. And yes, they might discover some talent to that, but it's not really designed for sustained success. Their secondary, quite frankly, on paper and on the field, as we saw in preseason so far, looks appalling. I'm not sure the Panthers are the best team to exploit that, but other teams will make hay on that. My one concern, or there's a few concerns about the Panthers, one big concern is any team that's starting Cam Irving at left tackle probably deserves to either injure their quarterback or their running back during the season. Um, that is a literally walking, walking because he doesn't do anything fast, liability for the season. Um, but yet they won the offseason, the Jets. Robert Sala, the best head coach, the uh, candidate that was available, they got. They've rejuvenated the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur going in now. Maybe he can do the same that his brother Matt has done with Green Bay, or potentially his brother Peter did in the dodgeball tournament um, back in the day. Um, that was a that was a movie <laughs> reference, Brian. You might not have got Dear it. God. I got it. Um, I got it. But, <laughs> but for me, this all boils down to the ineptitude that is the New York Jets organization. Um, Voltaire famously said in describing his objection to the organized religion that he said a watch, no matter how well made, can never hope to comprehend its watchmaker. So therefore, man can never hope to comprehend God. For this, substitute success or a successful football team in place of religion and God. And you've got an idea as to why the Jets continue to fail because they just cannot hope to comprehend the concepts before organizational dysfunction dismantles it. I hope in the long term, Robert Salad does do much to change that, but the Jets are still the Jets and the Panthers will win. We are a month away from the London games, a month away from the Jets going to London against the Falcons. Zach Wilson's intriguing, uh, but I'm going to look at the Panthers here. Um, 
Sam Darnold has basically been playing in college for another three years. This is this is his NFL debut, as far as I'm concerned. Tomorrow, or sorry, today, um, it's a joke. The last three years have been a joke. It's intriguing. He could re- this could really suit him this team, but it doesn't really matter because we got Christian McCaffrey. Hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey today will go over 200 yards rushing. I think he'll have two or three touchdowns. And I think at that point, it's a non-issue. It'll be interesting to see how Zach Wilson plays first game, but I'm with Brian. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a walk just, just one more point in the game, sorry, which, mm. which we didn't touch on. And I suppose it's around the rookie part. That offense for the Jets will have an offensive line, rookie and a wide receiver. Yeah. Rookie. So since three of the 11, you know, first game away, it's a big it's a big step to to be to win the game. They're winning, keep beating the game. So, um, yeah, Panthers. It is the baptism of Sam Darnold today. Let's see what happens. And going on with what Mark said, hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey every down. It's a bold strategy, Captain. Or sorry, it's a bold strategy, Captain. <laughs> let, let, let's see how it plays off for them. Yeah, I love how I said that correctly the first time. Uh, right, that game is on at six o'clock. We'll be back in a moment. Stick with, stick with us on the Irish NFL show. Welcome back into the Irish NFL show from Dublin's Aviva Stadium, the home of college football outside of the US. We're delighted to, well, we're looking, we're very excited to go to the Aviva Stadium next August for Nebraska against Northwestern. You can check out College Football Ireland's new website for information on tickets. Should be out soon, hopefully. Interested to hear what's going to happen there. But sticking with today, we've just looked at the first three games. Obviously, that Steelers and Bills game is on Sky at six o'clock in Ireland and the UK. Vikings going to Cincinnati. You got Joe Burrow back, Colin. It's, it's an intriguing year for both these teams. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think uh, a case of buyer's remorse from the draft, maybe on both of these, because we know Darashaw is not going to start for the Vikings today. He's out injured. And we have seen Jamar Chase have huge issues in the, the preseason, came out this week and blamed the size of the football and the fact it doesn't have the white stripes. Um, I, you know, I mean, realistically, look, this might be if it works out for him, um, it'll be like Fergie and the, the gray shirts. It'll be kind of a talking point, a bit of a laugh. But if he continues to drop the ball, that will become an albatross around his neck. And you will have the compilation shows on the NFL Network and various talking heads uh, remarking on this forevermore. Um, I imagine that the, the Bengals kind of now go, ooh, probably should have addressed that O-line, really should have looked at that. Um, and I think they're going to really think that when uh, Hunter is bearing down on Joe Burrow. You bring in a franchise QB and you're going to expose him for the second season running. Um, I I think for, for the Vikings, um, they have Kirk Cousins for this one. They have Dalvin Cook. Um, Dalvin Cook is going to have a day because the Bengals can't defend uh, the run. So I, w- I would expect 
expect, um, you know, with all the issues that there are in the Vikings, we, I talked about that in our, um, you know, our season preview show and, and they are numerous and they will uh, come to, to haunt this team. But going on today, um, you know, the, I, the, the Bengals have struggled um, with sacks last year. They brought in Hendrickson. I still think they'll struggle to get to Cousins. Cousins, um, Dalvin Cook, the Justin Jefferson, um, the Vikings are winning this one. Uh, to me, the, this is the probably the, the clearest of the games that we've covered thus far. I think the, the Vikings are um, all day long. What do you think, Brad? Well, I addressed on the season preview show, I was, I was fortunate to have the Bengals and to Colin's point, the offensive line was a struggle last year. Joe Burrow got injured again in Washington and he's back and he looks, he looks you know, ready to go, but the same concerns again. The offensive line, will he be held up throughout the season? Is he going to be injured? Mark joked on it during the season preview show. They're going to get him injured again because, you know, you look, an opportunity to bring in Penny Seward in the draft, who's gone to the Lions, arguably one of the best offensive line guys to come Ooh. out since Quinn and Nelson, and they've ignored that and gone with the chase situation. And I understand for a certain extent why there's chemistry there from their days in LSU, but I felt last year they had Tyler Boyd, they had other players, T Higgins, second year coming in, wide receiver now, he looked he had really effective last year. So I, I believe these playmakers. And then... On the other side, I look at the Vikings and I think it's an absolute disaster in the making there. I think Zimmer's going to be the first head coach to go this year. Um, me and Colin discussed it throughout the offseason. The fact that the quarterbacks haven't, got, haven't gone and got the vaccine. I look at the Washington situation where Ron, uh, Coach Rivera was very outspoken but the fact that he's had the cancer and players didn't get vaccinated. They went off and quickly got vaccinated. And you would have thought players within the camp would look at the situation last year. Brandon Wines, how poor the defence was that Zimmer is under pressure. So for them not to go and get vaccinated to me, it shows a lack of respect for their head coach. And ultimately, I think he'll pay the price because I think he will end up losing his job. I'm against calling this. I think the Bengals are going to win. Strangely enough, everything I say probably gears towards the Vikings win. But week one has a situation where there's always two or three games that just don't make sense. And I look at the schedule and I look at where teams can potentially go and win. They were unfortunate last year, if you recall, um, against the Chargers at home. They missed field goal at the end. Joe Burrow thought he'd won the game for them. I see Joe Burrow somehow pulling out a win. Bengals for me. And you've got Joe Burrow kind of performing. Joe Burrow is the biggest worry for me on the Bengals this year on what we've seen so far. His recovery from his knee injury does not look complete. He's not planting his leg. He seems nervous uh, when players are around him. Understandable given the major surgery he's come back. But so far... The, the throws aren't as crisp as they were. The timing isn't as crisp as it used to be. And that is a major issue, not only with the poorest offensive line, but how can he then get the ha ball into the hands of the playmakers if they're able to see the ball and catch it, obviously, and important <laughs> things like that. Um, both of these sides, for me, don't have a great offensive line. There's a lot said about the Vikings' offensive line. I'm not convinced, actually, they're a good O-line. And I think both defensive lines are very impressive and will have a field day um, through this game. That being said, Dalvin Cook is the difference maker for me in this. He started very fast the last two years, two plus touchdowns in the last two games. So if you want to look on the odds with our new partner at Matchbook and you're a degenerate gambler like Brian O'Leary, um, that might be something that uh, interests you uh, in this particular game. But I just can't see the Bengals being consistent enough. I think the Vikings are going to have too much. Um, but it could be challenging seasons for both of them. But Vikings for me this time, Michael. Yeah, big thanks also when you're talking about gambling there. Big thanks to Rob Gronkowski for not getting 100 yards on Thursday night. Uh, 
the Bengals O line's not good enough. Joe Burrow, I really hope doesn't get like I really want to see him play well this season. I just can't see it happening. Big shout out to Cincinnati Bengals Ireland and Bengals UK. You know, we're trying to talk as much Bengals as we can here, lads. Unfortunately for me, I think it's not going to happen today because I think Kirk Cousins is in for a good season until he gets well. Hopefully, he doesn't get COVID. I just hope he'll be all right. Dalvin Cook is a fantastic talent in this league. But when they have Justin Jefferson and Adam Feline as well on the on the wide receiver court, as long as his defense can hold the Bengals up today, they're not going to have an issue. They'll probably win by seven to ten points. I'm going to pick the Vikings. That defense for the Vikings last year was yeah. shocking. Yeah. And Zimmer Jr., the son, who was part of the defensive operation there, shouldn't have held on to his job. I think there was a bit of a family situation as to why he did, because there was uh, Vikings fans looking for him to be removed immediately. That game on Christmas Day, where again, where Kamara ran right for six touchdowns, it was shambolic. And they brought in Peterson from the, from the Cardinals, who's on the wrong side of his career. So for me, the Vikings defense is still a concern. And again, I suppose it's to Mark's point, will Joe Burrow be crisp enough in week one? The only issue I have is Patrick Peterson's wearing number seven. I can't get this whole number thing going, but I think he's going to be we, we, I want to come to that later on the show right. if we can. Yeah. Let's, let, let's quickly jump on 49ers-Lions. I actually feel bad for the 49ers fans because it's like 10 and it's, it's really early for them this game. Early window game, the 49ers go into Detroit. Jar Goff in in Detroit. Is this the year that Detroit finally get over the line in this division? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what a what a nightmare for Goff. Um, he gets to go to a, a new team uh, with a, a new head coach, a, a fresh start, and he's to face Nick Bosa. Um, yeah, look, uh, we saw Goff in the, the Super Bowl and what, Belichick did to him and uh, we haven't mentioned that you know we are we're talking about Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold saw ghosts Bill Belichick made Sam Darnold see ghosts Bill Belichick ruined Jared Goff's career he's never he's not coming back from it he's a placeholder in the same way that Darnold is a placeholder um, they this is this is the 49ers all day um, there's obviously the DeAndre Swift uh, situation I had like that it was going to be interesting to see him against Fred Warner um, that could be even more interesting if you were to believe the internet rumors. Dan Campbell says there's nothing to those rumors. Others say that um, you know that there isn't either, but we remains uh, to be seen. Speaking of placeholders, Jimmy G, another placeholder. I still think that they're holding out to get um, a bucket load of picks from some desperate team when a QB goes down in weeks three, four, or five. Um, but I, I think for for me, this is. Um, it would be the shock of the week if the Lions were to win this. Uh, Goff is going to relive nightmares against a really good 49ers defense and the 49ers are winning on the road to start the season. I think one man who will help Goff is Anthony Lynn, who's now the new offensive coordinator with the Lions because whilst he wasn't a great head coach in, 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 in LA with the Chargers, he over the years has been seen to be very good at that particular position we've seen in the past good defense corners don't make good head coaches you guys know well with Denver and then obviously then similar scenario here where he was it's week one Ryan. it's week one come on <laughs> so I can see and the problem as well I looked at the Lions and I touched on in the season preview show they brought in a lot of uh, attractive looking players wide receivers explosive players but they're all second rate caliber players within the league they've not really stepped up to the mark with the previous teams which is why they haven't been renewed in terms of contracts elsewhere and on the 49ers, I'm still against column on this. Um, NFL players have three or four years at one team where they move on again. And within those two to three years, they recognize this is a team that they can win with. 
ultimately I don't think a lot of players care about what the long-term future is for a team they want to win now and i believe J jimmy g gives the 49ers the best chance of winning now and if you look at the team now they're reflective of the team that's coming back from two years ago because last year they were crippled with injuries they're a serious threat within the division playoffs and potentially going to super bowl who knows but what a great way to start the season week one one of your old games you're going to detroit i'd imagine the 49ers will win comfortably these two teams had one win in the difference between their records last season just one win um but they are very much heading in different directions for detroit it almost seems sad because they have some great talents like you, know, you look on defense they've got flowers they've got uh jamie collins they've got uh brockers who came over from the rams following jared goff after his uh, unfortunate comments about jared goff um so they have some playmakers on offense can't see much of wide receiver especially with kenny Golladay's uh, departure but uh tj hockerson at tight end is a difference maker and deandre swift had a great year but i'm gonna have so much fun with taylor swift references for deandre swift during the year and certainly i knew you were trouble when you walked in might be an initial <laughs> line to start off with in week one um for me the 49ers are a very complete team now they have people back from injury the talent across all positions is evident yes quarterback is a question mark there is no doubt do they make the move do they keep with jimmy g does that derail their season but they have a sufficient capability rest across the rest of the team and provided they're getting back to the form of two years ago and everyone integrates sufficiently i cannot see past the 49ers in this game so add a canter michael you're talking about taylor swift now we've got problems i don't think we can solve them that's the detroit lions for me and a big shout out there's loads of lions fans in ireland and the uk and they're probably gonna be raging with us. i just can't see like i know jar like i actually don't mind jar off boys i hope he does well in detroit i, I wish him well but we need, to, we need to remember here, Jimmy Garoppolo was six and a half minutes away from winning the Super Bowl against Kansas City. All right? Now, obviously I'm biased with the Chiefs and stuff, but I still, to this day, cannot believe they lost that game. Seriously, like, right? They won it, whatever. Garoppolo, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen this season with Garoppolo. I think bringing in a rookie quarterback just because, oh, he's nice and shiny and new. Look, oh, look, you know, come on. Like, there's a team we're going to talk about in the, like, later on in the show that potentially could be bringing in a guy that's not ready for the NFL five minutes into the second quarter on Sunday Night Football tonight, and it would be moronic to do it. Trey Lance isn't ready. He should sit the whole season behind Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm intrigued to see what happens because I think any team should be taking Garoppolo for whatever they get him right now. That basically means I want the, I want the Broncos to get Garoppolo at some point. Um, I agree with you. I do agree with you. Unbelievable. Could, like, couldn't disagree more, lads. Oh, come on. Anyway, anyway, I've got the 49ers winning this game. I think George Kittle's going to have a good game today. Intrigued. So I'm really intrigued to see how he's going to do this season. Nick Bosa, boys. I mean, I don't want to guess the score, but it could be a lot. It'll be one of those, like, you know, red zone won't show it after half seven. I hope not. We'll see what happens. I'm picking the 49ers. So we're all picking the 49ers? Yeah, we are. And, and Jared Goff's mum shouldn't watch. Okay. <laughs> on that note, let's go to our last game in this window before we take a break. The messiah and we're not talking about jalen hurts boys we're talking about trevor lawrence for the jaguars going into what can only be described as a situation in houston houston we have a problem uh, colin houston we have a problem <laughs> what's going on i mean surely the jaguars win this not again don't start him don't start him michael i have problem houston have 99 problems um yeah look for for jacksonville they couldn't ask for a kinder start and if the jags were playing 
anyone else in the league, I would probably be going for anyone else. It's only the fact that they are playing the shambolic, no good, very bad, awful, horrific, <laughs> I could go on Texans uh, that I, I give them any chance. I'm not a believer in Urban Meyer. I do like Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is a fantastic quarterback, um, but I'm not a believer in Urban Meyer. I, I think that he will be uh, run out of town uh, after a few years and they, they'll get somebody else in and Lawrence will go on to have a very very good career but it won't be under Urban Meyer um, but between Lawrence um, and James Robinson I think they'll have enough uh, for the the Texans who frankly just don't have really anything um, to, 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 to get excited about in any way shape or form the like any other team would look to exploit Jacksonville's de uh, defensive situation. I just can't see the, the Texans doing it. The, the Jags are getting uh, a win. And the good news for the Jags is they get to play the Texans twice this season. Even better news for the Jags is a bit of Broncos next week as well. <laughs> uh, Brian, what's your thoughts? I rang Colin during the week about this particular game. And I asked him what, how he was leaning and he says back and forth. And I was a bit taken back because <laughs> he's been so critical of the Texans throughout the offseason. I was kind of going, this surely is the one that you're saying Jags. Absolutely, 100%. He reminds me of this golfer in the, in the majors that goes out with a six or seven shot lead. And then they finally bring him back on the, on the final round. Colin for the whole offseason has been so critical of the Texans. And then when it comes to week one, to make his pick, he's like, oh, I'm not sure. I, I, can, see, I can see why the Texans could win. I was like, oh, I, Okay, <laughs> the Jags are going to win. Um, Jags defense last year was, you know, for all the games they lost, they were horrific on defense. Plus twenty four points, nearly at six or seven of their last of their last games. Um, the defense was a shambles. But and they've brought in players within free agency, experienced players that can help that defense. And of course, Trevor Lawrence, we say the generational quarterback, and he's going to be a huge, you know, a huge upgrade and what they've had over the years and they brought in some efficient players on, on offense there as well uh Hyde has come in running back and Marvin Jones very underrated uh wide receivers come in from Detroit so for me the Jags are going to have a better season than a lot of people expect and I think they'll win this game comfortably um Columns said the Texans have 99 problems I mean the Jags equally have 99 problems but the QB ain't one um and this is a one cool dude he's cooler than Leona Maguire against the Calder sisters in the Solheim oh, Cup um go on Kevin exactly so um Trevor Lawrence is really the answer protect him and we said on the season preview show tell every offensive lineman every dirty move every tackle every wrestling move I don't care if you get held uh get called for holding all the time through the game but protect Trevor Lawrence at all accounts the, the reality is the Jacks don't have much behind that I mean Travis Etienne getting injured they don't have a lot of great weapons and I think the one thing the Texans do potentially have is they have depth they have a lot of good slash okay players but for me the big difference ultimately becomes trevor lawrence will be the starting quarterback for the jacksonville jaguars today and on the houston texans side uh um uh, i nearly said russell wilson then of all bloody things um uh, but uh, another quarterback shall we say will be sitting on the sidelines for not injury related reasons as you'll see him reported on the injury report so that is the difference maker for me that gives me the jags over the texans but guys i'm confused because usually this is a week five thursday night football game the fact that this game is actually on a sunday is confusing me in itself so um not one i'm dying to watch michael but jags i would say behind the scenes they probably thought it could be it could be watson against lawrence week one uh, an intriguing matchup you got philip Lindsay, who has a reprieve now in houston great player 
Mm-hmm. Don't know why he's not playing in Denver. A reprieve. I don't know where people would see that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gonna like you know he wasn't getting enough. No, seriously, he wasn't getting enough reps. I think he'll eventually be RB one in Houston. I gave it two or three weeks. It wouldn't be difficult. To well, do. you got David Johnson there as well, who had uh, nearly seven hundred rushing yards last year. You got another Colorado buff on the other side with Leviska Chenault for the Jaguars. Good player. I think he'd be very good in a couple of years. Tyrod Taylor. Interesting situation, boys. Trevor Lawrence is the second coming for Jacksonville. And he looked really good in preseason. But it starts for real now. Um, David Culley's under pressure before a snap has even happened here. There's always a shock in week one. Um, He's going Cooks. You got Brandon Cooks. Look, look, it's a complete joke of a situation in Houston. But something I've got a, I've got a feeling that Tyrod Taylor, who deserves to start in the NFL, to be fair, after what he's been through, I just have a feeling they're going to win today. I don't know what it is. I have a feeling it's going to happen. I think the Jags are going to have a poor season. I, I really, I think it's going to take time for Trevor Lawrence. But you said it as well, Mark. There's so much going on there as well. Yeah. Houston training camp. You said it last week. Your your rant last week was incredible. <laughs> Brilliant. They've a lot of issues in training camp, but the reality is training camp preseason means nada when they go out in the field. Look at the there. roster. Tyler Taylor, quarterback. Philip Lindsay can run for days. Mark Ingram, running back. Rex Burkhead. They've loads of boys. Brandon Cooks. Hey, Conley and wide receivers. Oh, they if it was I, five I, years ago, fantastic. But, but yeah, Colin, that's what I'm the saying. Jags. They've got the depth. They've got good, not great no, players or okay players. who were good a couple of years ago. Like, Lindsay, great. Lindsay's oh, good now. We, oh, we're starting Dan Marino. Oh, cool. <laughs> Wonderful. The, oh, De- Denver, solve your QB problems by starting John Elway. Like, what are you talking about? So Tyrod Taylor, Taylor will not turn the ball over. Tyrod Taylor was the starter for the Chargers last season. He won't move the ball either. That's true. All he has to do is hand it off to Philip Lindsay. I think what they've done is they brought in experienced players who've had reasonably good careers to make sure that they don't end up with a 0-16 situation. They win to three, four games. 0-17. They're still high up. (laughs) Yeah, it won't be (laughs) 0-16, 0-17. Right, look, 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 look. But you see me point, Colm. If the Texans win a game this season, can someone just check on Colm? Well, they're going to win tonight, according to Vikings. I think they're going to win that. I, 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 you know what? Why not? I'm picking the Texans. Why not? Tyrod Taylor, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Philip Lindsay, two, two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, three picks, two passing touchdowns. I'm picking it. Why not? Bit of crack, boys. There's always a shock in week one. And right. how funny would it be if it happened? Because everyone expects Jacksonville to win. The pressure's on we, Trevor. Good luck today, Trevor. That's, I'm the, just that's jealous the, Trevor the point Lawrence I made with the Bengals again. The pressure's on the Vikings. I think the Bengals will win. Right. We need to cool down here. We'll be back in two <laughs> minutes. But the Irish NFL should look ahead to the other games. Welcome back into the Irish NFL show presented by Trust Gaming and Matchbook as well. Uh, welcome in. We're here from the Aviva Stadium in Dublin where we're hoping to put on a better performance than Ireland did last weekend. Let, let, let's see what happens. We'll just, we'll just leave it there, boys. Uh, this is where the 
game is next season, Northwestern University against Nebraska next August, kicking off both, I guess, the American football season, never mind the college football season. This is the capital of college football outside the US. CollegeFootballIreland.com for more information on tickets and other details. Come down for the crack. It's going to be a crack, boys, next week. Next year? Next week? Could you imagine? Seahawks, Colts, 6 p.m. Games in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, we all thought he'd be gone. You know, thought he'd be out for the season at one point. A rebirth in Indianapolis with Frank Reich. Could be an interesting season. Yeah, it could be a very interesting season, but how prepared is he? That would be a huge concern, surely, if you're the, the Colts and, and you're you're going into this game and obviously no, no TY, it's a huge loss. I mean, it's an interesting one for the Seahawks as well in that traditionally, even with their superstar QB, they've leaned more on their defense. But I think this is the year that changes. Um, Russell Wilson making noises, obviously, in the, the offseason. Uh, you get rid of um, you're a terrible OC. Um, and that's a, another reason why I think the Jags like will struggle th this year. Um, it doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He... DK Metcalf, um, who like could play any sport in the world. I think he could play rugby here. He could go to WWE. He's just such a, a freakish in the tr truest nature of the world athlete. And Lockett are just unbelievable weapons. Um, for the, the Colts, all of the, the offseason, at least they get to put that behind them. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor came on strong at the end of last year, but he now meets Bobby Wagner. Um, so that will be one to, to watch. And the other I'm kind of watching today is DeForest Buckner against that Seattle O-line uh, because they have given up so many sacks over the last few years and uh, he's a, a wrecking ball. So um, Russell Wilson, I expect to, to be uh, on the move, but that's something Russell likes I think that uh, the Seahawks are going to go in and get the the victory in Indianapolis today uh, I expect uh, yeah it'll be it'll be close but I think given all the upheaval during the offseason it's going to cost the Colts and uh, it will be the Seahawks it's a tale of two offensive lines for me we saw last year Russell Wilson being I suppose under pressure continuously, you know, throughout the season, and he could have addressed it in the off season. He could have made the point that he feels he should have more of a, more of a clue in in terms of what's been happening with the general manager, and he wanted to get a, more of a say around how teams go, similar to what Tom Brady had when he went down to Tampa Bay, because he was getting frustrated a year on year out. They weren't addressing the offensive line, and um, similar now on the other side with with Indianapolis. I think Quinn and Nelson. He's obviously has the injury, and I don't believe he's going to play. The offensive line struggles when he's not involved. And Wentz, three wins last year, eight defeats. I know it's a different team, you know, similar issues though. Offensive line, he was terrorized by defenses. And Seattle's defense last year for the second part of the season, it was, it was a bit of a strange season. For the first eight games, they had the worst uh, stats throughout the years in Seattle. And then for the second eight games, they had the best stats of all their years in Seattle. So very strange. But for me, um, I think Russell Wilson will be Russell Wilson and he will get it done. And to, to Carl's point, they've got so many weapons. And Carson, who's a very effective running back, will also help reduce the need for, for Wilson to be going along throughout the game. I think Wentz will struggle early. I do think the Colts actually on their day can beat anybody, but I think the Seahawks will just have enough. Do you boys like the opening day of the NFL season? Yes. Well, you're not a Colts fan because they don't really like the opening day of the NFL season too much lately. 10 of the last 11 season openers have been lost by the Colts. And unfortunately for me, I see that trend continuing in this game. Um, you boys have talked about it. It's about the lines in this regard. I just feel fundamentally where the game changes is 
The Colts' offensive line has been depleted from last year. The Seahawks' defensive line has actually been improved in some of the moves they've made from last season. And whilst Russell Wilson will undoubtedly be on the move on the other side of the ball, I'm not quite sure Carson Wentz is ready to be on the move on the Indianapolis side of the ball. Um, that's going to be the fundamental difference maker for me. Yes, DJ Metcalf, uh, DK Metcalf is there and will do DK Metcalf things. And I think Seattle will be a more balanced team. I know Michael feels this is the season they fall off the cliff. And if you'd asked me pre-season before injuries and things like that, who do I think was winning this game? I possibly would have lent more towards the Colts. But seeing on how things have evolved, especially as I say that disparity on the lines, Seahawks all the way for me today. I think the reason you're talking about, you know, I was saying I think they fall off the cliff. I just think they're going to struggle in their division. I think it's that good now. It's yeah. They almost had, it was a bit like Dublin and the All-Ireland five years ago. It was too easy for them. Now it's, you know, people are getting better. We're getting there. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but it's all good. I, you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's a bit more competition now. I'm being serious. Like Seattle five years ago could literally turn up, have a bit of crack. Russell Wilson could throw the ball 150 yards. We're in the division. The last time, the last time these two played each other was in 2017. The Seahawks put up 46 points. They're not the same team now. They're not. But they'll get over the line today. I think it'll be a close game. I think the Colts might come out early and, and do well. I think Carson Wentz will have a good game today. Really good game today. But it's going to come down to Russell Wilson. If he can get the ball to DK Metcalf, hand it off to Carson and get efficient yardage in Lucas Oil today, they'll be grand. He's going to need T.Y. No, so he's going to need Pascal and Pittman the second year wide receiver to be really effective because T.Y. Hilton is gone for the, the first half of the season. And if you recall, when we interviewed Stephen Holder pre-draft, if you write for the Athletic, he was very keen on how effective T.Y. Hilton mm. is, not just with, on, the, on the pitch, but off the field. And that's why they were so keen to make sure they brought him back because initially in March, he was a free agent. If you're stuck for a tight end today on fantasy, I like Jack Doyle. I think his connection with Carson Wentz would be good. We're all picking Seahawks then. Yeah, mm. we're yeah. picking Seahawks. We're picking the Seahawks. I love this game next. This game next, arguably, if it wasn't for the Steelers-Bills, probably would have been in Sky today. You can watch it in Game Pass today. Cardinals at the Titans. This, this I, I, I can't call this game. I'm going to have to now in about two minutes, but I, I can't call this game. Today. What, like, this is going to be a great game. Seriously. Yeah, it will. Um, and at least you get time to, to think further on it. If you were talking about the last uh, time teams met, the last time these two teams met, 2013, it finished 37-34. The cards won. Uh, what we'd give for a similar sort of outcome today. I mean, there's just kind of so many aspects to this. You have um, the the JJs making their, their debuts, right? Julio for uh, the Titans and JJ Watt for the, the Cards. Um, you've got AJ Brown, you've got Derrick Henry, you've got Kyler Murray. Um, you've got no Larry Fitz though, uh, which uh, is, uh, I, I think, uh, a little bit of disruption to the, to the Cards. Um, I think that the Titans, I like what probably both of these teams did in the offseason, but I really like, I think, what the, the Titans did in an effort to get better. The issue for the Titans is they've had that COVID outbreak and they've had nine, I think, mm. players um, de dealing with it. That's the only thing that gives me pause really with, with them. Um, the Titans' de defense is vulnerable against the run. 
but I, I I don't think the cards can really exploit that. They brought in James Conner. I'm I'm not a, a huge James Conner fan. Um, I do think this will be a high scoring game. Um, but I think given that the Titans have um options both in the passing game and on the ground with Derrick Henry, I think they they shade it. But I think this could easily be the the game of week one. Who you got, Brad? It's a tough one to call and. All week leading up to it, I would have been Titans, but to Colin's point, this COVID situation, nine players, nine players who I believe are all vaccinated, it's just they somehow still always seem to find trouble when it comes to COVID. Um, two explosive quarterbacks, you know, Tannehill a couple of years ago, would you have thought he'd be up there in the top 10 quarterbacks, 40 touchdowns he threw last year versus Murray who threw 37. The Cardinals, the expectations now are raised with the Cardinals. Um, Mark touched on in the season preview show, if they don't do something this year, you could see the general manager and potentially the head coach move. They've only won three games in September since 2017. For some reason in the NFL, there's teams that just struggle to win initially. My Giants, Broncos, we just don't have good records in September. But then you look at what the Titans have as well. Derrick Henry, I mean, averaged 168 yards per game last year. He can win a game on his own. I think the two defences are going to struggle in this game. I think it will be high scoring. Um, you touched on Larry Fitz uh, retiring, but they brought in AJ Green, who's an experienced wide receiver. He can be effective. And they, they drafted a wide receiver in the second round who looks really explosive and could take the top off a, a defence. It's a high scoring game. And for me, it, God, it's it really is a difficult one to pick. I'm going to go with the cards. I think it's going to come down to a last, a last score, maybe a field goal. And all week I was Titans, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Hang on, hang on. You were giving me grief <laughs> earlier for going back and forth. Yeah, but hang on, in fairness, you look at this game. Just wait like, till this Broncos drives. Any given Sunday, any given Sunday. Titans were in the playoffs last year, okay? And the, the Cardinals lost out in week 17 to getting in the playoffs. They were 8-8. Eight and, eight. and to be honest, they, they threw it away because they were two games ahead. Yeah. So, so two, two very, very good teams, and I couldn't decide between two very, very bad teams. I know, but I haven't been slagging either of these teams off all off-season the way you have in the Texans. Mark, who have you got? Who I was going to say this at week one show. We might not make it to week two. <laughs> I mean, it might be over by the time week two starts. Is this really? Exactly. Um, <laughs> look, uh, like the Raiders last season, the Cards finished last season. Five losses in their last seven games. It was not an auspicious end to the season. Colm, you don't think much of James Conner. Neither did Arnold Schwarzenegger think much of James Conner. <laughs> and if we wanted a modern version of the Terminator in the NFL, Derek oh, Henry God. would be right up there as an unstoppable machine who is willing to walk through walls. 15, uh, one of only four players in NFL history to have 1,500 yards and 15 plus touchdowns in back-to-back -back seasons. On the Cardinal side, Kyler Murray, only the second quarterback ever to have 25 plus passing touchdowns and 10 plus rushing touchdowns. They are undoubtedly two good teams. For me, the question will boil down to what has Mike Vrabo's limbo practice been like? And why do I say limbo practice? Because if you looked at the bar that the Titans defense set last year, it was so low, you had to limbo underneath it to see it. I think Vrabel, a defensive coach, obviously a defensive player back in his day and established himself in Ohio State as a coach, will improve that defense it will be enough then for Tannehill and Henry to run riots, quite frankly. But it's going to be a tight game. If I'm looking for a negative for the Titans, it is they are adjusting to a few changes mm. there. Um, when you think about the changes at the wide receiver position, and maybe it won't be as cohesive as it was before. But on balance, really looking forward to the game. Think it's going to be fascinating. 
The last game they played together, 2017, finished 12-7. I've got a funny feeling today's game might have a different result. Titans just for me. And we have to be wary as well. We've may have, we may have people watching this in Ireland, the UK, or anywhere else watching this for the first time. NFL fans for the first time going, what's the crack with the NFL? What's the crack with the NFL here, boys? Here's the crack with the NFL if you're not sure about it. The NFC Conference plays the AFC Conference in the Super Bowl. These two teams are in separate conferences. This would be a good... I would love this as a Super Bowl matchup. I can't pick this game. The only reason that I'm picking the Tennessee Titans to win this game today is because of two factors. The first one is Julio Jones. Finally gets his chance at winning. Winning the ring, boys, right? But he played in the Super Bowl, Michael. That look, that wasn't the game. That game never happened. He Mark, wants to forget about that. That game never happened. That never happened. I have so no idea what you're talking about. Atlanta. Nobody wants to talk about that game, Brian. Or Mark, sorry. Well, the game, other than New England. No, 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 that game, like, it's just, it keeps replaying. No, no, it's in my head now for the next week. Please don't. Julio Jones, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in Tennessee. But to be honest with you, I think home advantage gives the advantage here. That's it. I, I, the team, the both teams are that good. It could be a shootout. I think the Titans will get the win today, to be honest with you. Um, right, before we take a break, Chargers at WTF, WFT. Who have you got, Colin? Uh, two teams that I think um, will have reasonably good uh, seasons. Two teams that uh, have kind of maybe differ differing strengths in some ways um the athletic did a really interesting piece this week i don't know if anyone else saw it about the the rams and, and the chargers well they're now head coaches but basically uh staley kind of going up against uh mcveigh and the, looking at the kind of his defense testing as mcveigh wanted and trying to outdo each other so now we get to see what he can do as a as a head coach so that transition uh will be really interesting but I think Justin Herbert is ready to take the leap. I think they have done right by him. They brought in uh, a line to protect him, which is what you do when you find your franchise guy. Um, and he's got lots of, of weapons. Um, now, losing uh, Eckler, who I think is out uh, today, mm. is obviously a big loss because he, he can be a very dynamic player. But I think what the Chargers have done with Herbert in terms of protecting him um, will slow down the Washington football team. They'll still get there. They'll still get the sacks given how good they are. Um, but I just don't think they'll be able to score enough points um, to beat this Chargers team. The Chargers win this one for me. Brandon Zillian in Los Angeles. A big game for the Chargers, Brad. Yeah, you, as you said, you look at last year, 12 games. Um, Seven of them decided within, within one touchdown. Mm. Three of them decided within three points. Three overtime games. You know, any Chargers fan out there could argue they should have been in the playoffs last year because if you turn two or three of those wins, two defeats into wins, they're in there. And, you know, yes, Herbert looks like he's the real deal. He threw 31 touchdowns last year. I don't think a a rookie going into their second season ever beat their initial record in, in year one. I don't believe he'll do it this year. And then Washington, this Washington defense, rookie of the year defensively last year, Chase Young going up against rookie of the year on the offense. But this Washington team last year, their last seven games within the regular season, taking away that playoff game, they only conceded 20 or less points. This defense is arguably the best in the league. And I think it was Herbert is going to have a great season. I think he will struggle in the opening game. Do you, where I can see the Chargers staying in the game, I'm not convinced by Fitzpatrick. People are saying, oh, they brought in a really solid quarterback. He was removed in week five last year by the Dolphins, and two was put in. I know his team looks at it, and they bring in their rookie quarterback at some stage of the season. But 
why was why did they do that? Why did they do that so soon when they had a winning record? Because they felt he's not good enough. He came in towards the end of the season and pull a few games out. But that's what he's always been. He he tends to play well in September and October, and then he tends to fall off the cliff when mm. the weather gets uh, adverse. So for me, I'm not convinced he's the right man for the, for the quarterback. He's certainly a holding quarterback with potentially next year in mind. But if Washington have a really good season next year, where do they go and get that quarterback? Because they could be drafting down in your 20s to 30s within the draft. I think Washington will win because this defense is dominant and Herbert would have a tough day, but I do think brighter days are ahead for the Chargers. Yeah, and Colin mentioned about great pieces. Mina Kimes' piece on Justin Herbert on ESPN is well worth a read and the shout-out in terms of the analysis of him as a player. I agree, actually, immensely with what Brian's saying about the Washington team. We had a season preview show. I picked them to pick the, win the division, but there are some stats that inevitably work against them. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Pitzpatrick, uh, has never been on a playoff team in his 16 years as a footballer. Ron Rivera as a head coach, 10 seasons as a head coach, only three seasons with a winning record. And of course, the age-old stat that Brian knows well as being a Giants fan, no repeat winner in that division since 03-04. Um, added to that, they suffered a, a serious injury this week, or oh, a serious uh, loss in the sense of uh, Curtis Samuel going on IR, which was a pickup I thought was very uh, exhilarating. They continued point about them, they will live and die on the strength of their defense. And as long as their offense can be competent, they will be there or thereabouts. But I want to flip the focus on the Chargers. It's not all about Justin Herbert. There's a lot about Justin Herbert. It's not all about Justin Herbert. And I mentioned on our show with Neil Reynolds earlier this week, guys, about the Iliad. And a follow-on from the Iliad, of course, is the Odyssey. And there's a story in the Odyssey about Odysseus going to an island and blinding the Cyclops, uh, Cyclops Polyphemus. The Cyclops Polyphemus, however, was the son of Poseidon, the god of the sea. So the god of the sea wreaked his revenge on uh, the Odysseus and sent him off course and sent him and banished him for 10 years, wrecked all his ships, completely destroyed his journey. Two little known facts. Dean Spanos, obviously the owner of the charges, is of Greek descent and distantly related to Odysseus. And Poseidon is not only the god of the sea, he's also the god of special teams. And somewhere along the way, the charges upset the god of the special teams and they have been abysmal in it for many, many years. Whether it's Kelvin Benjamin running backwards on a punt to give away a safety, whether it's fumbles on the kickoff return, whether it's a season where they were four and four with the best offense and the best defense in the league because their special teams let them down so much. There truly are three phases of the game. Young, young Huku was abysmal with the Chargers. He goes to the Falcons, he's a pro ball kicker. It's like turning Johnny Sexton into bloody Johnny English when it comes to kicking a football. <laughs> My dream for this year is that the curse is lifted and the Chargers special teams will be adequate. Don't need them to be good, just adequate. And that truly the talents of Justin Herbert can shine. For this game, like the last two the guys were struggling with, I have flipped on this so many times. I can make arguments for both teams really easily. Um, right now, I'll go Washington. But ask me in an hour, it might be back to the Chargers. But Washington for the time being. I don't know. I've been waiting to do this for months on a show for you know we, all the picks Hail Glorious Fitzpatrick mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no not a thing St. Fitzpatrick no. we have yeah. a St. Fitzpatrick t-shirt in our store 
Nobody. Oh, of course we did. Yeah. yeah. On Rivera's Green Valley. On Rivera's yeah. Green Valley. Okay, okay, right. That's not going to work. Um, Anthony Lynn's gone. Is, is it selling? Uh, yes. Somebody in America bought it yesterday. <laughs> Anthony Lynn is gone. The Chargers, as Brian mentioned, lost far too many games last year. Close. Uh, they're not going to lose this game today. But I'll tell you now, they should be challenging the Chiefs for the FC West. They have got a very interesting schedule where they, I think they have to play the Chiefs in week 16. Or, or week 17 to play the Broncos one of those weeks as well they will they will be way ahead of the Broncos and the Raiders in this division they need to win games like this forget about Keenan Allen or sorry yeah for, just forget about Austin Eckler being out today no bar Keenan Allen needs to step up you got a tight end and Jar Cook there as well their defense should get them over the line today if they don't win a game like this today they're not going to get to that next step and it was what we're talking about these teams in the AFC the Bills the Titans even the Chargers, the Chargers are going into new territory now where they're trying to be relevant in LA with the Rams. They need to win this game because if they don't win this game, it could be interesting. Let's just say that. I, I think the Chargers win by a touchdown. Uh, okay, stick with us. After the break, we're going to look at a very a few interesting uh, matchups, including the Browns against the Chiefs coming right up. Welcome back into the Irish NFL show. We're so close, boys, now. We're about five hours away or so from today's games kicking off. Week one, fully in action. At the Aviva Stadium, the home of college football in Europe. The main place. We've got Nebraska playing Northwestern next August. You can check out all the details at collegefootballireland.com for tickets out soon, as far as I know. Brian's buying us all premium tickets. Can't wait. Uh, Browns at the Chiefs, gentlemen. My God, what a game. This game is at 9.25 on Sky Sports. Can't wait to watch this today. Baker Mayfield going up against Patrick Mahomes in what was a repeat of the AFC Championship game. Yes? No, it wasn't. Divisional no, game. Divisional wow. Game. I need coffee right now. It could be the AFC Championship game this season. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it later on. Colin, who you got? Um, well, Brian's getting us premium tickets. This is a premium game. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this is a fascinating one. Andy Reid has never lost to the Browns. He's beaten them eight times. Um, he owes the last victory in the playoffs to uh, Dirty Dan Sorensen and that hit. Uh, and um, like he, his own, I suppose, courage uh, in terms of the, the Chad Henney play. Um, in fairness, he got a wheelbarrow for his cojones after that. It was amazing to watch him walk off the field. Um, but the, the Chiefs have their rebuilt line. It's going to be tested because uh, they're up against Miles Garrett. Uh, no Jadavian Clowney today, apparently. Uh, at, at the, certainly at the time of recording, it looks like he is out. Um, I think this, though, could be 
uh, the year where the the Browns shock Andy Reid. Um, they I, I really like everything they've done. Kevin Stefanski is a great coach. Um, they have put weapons around Baker Mayfield. If the Chiefs do have a weakness, uh, it's against the the run, and the the Browns have a two headed monster there. Um, so to to me, if it was ever to happen, it can be uh, the Browns today taking advantage of the fact that the Chiefs line, um, you know, isn't uh, yet kind of kind of fully functioning at at the top level. But they to do that, they have to be Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. It's going to be very difficult. But I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say Browns win Week One. Brian, after the All Ireland yesterday, this is some matchup. Same sort of. Oh, it's a great matchup. You know, it really is. Uh, you touched on there. It could potentially be the AFC Championship game come. Uh, later on in the season I look at stats and I know it's a different season but stats don't annoy September Andy Reid 16-0 last four seasons Mahomes 32 touchdowns no interceptions Mahomes in September 10-0 the Browns have not won an opening day game since 2005 we saw on Thursday night that the secondaries were exploited in both teams and I think by now you might see that throughout today it could be a, a team essentially for our show tomorrow night how difficult the defences have, have struggled um, this Browns defence last year towards the back end of the season was really effective in the playoffs good against the Chiefs struggled to certain extent against Steelers but they put up so many points early on in the game they kind of got away with it I find it hard to see that they'll be able to hit the ground running as quickly as this Chiefs offence will be able to hit the ground running and I know there's concerns about the fact that similar enough to the Steelers the Chiefs are putting a brand new offensive line together but they've got Mahomes and where Big Ben may not be able to manoeuvre around behind the new offensive line Patrick Mahomes really says he's 100% fit he's over the injury and they've got all the players. Kelsey, Hill, really effective. Hardman needs to step up this year. But I think, once I think the Browns will have a really good season, I can see them in the playoffs. And potentially this game could be a repeat come the playoffs. I don't think they'll have enough in the week one to beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will be still hoarding from that Super Bowl defeat and will want to make a point and make it early. I think the Chiefs will win the game. Bill Vinovich is the referee. Jim Nance and Tony Romo in the book in the booth. We know this is a big game. We know this is prime time, even as week one. This, along maybe with the cards and Titans game, lets you know the NFL is back. These amazing matchups are back. Um, for me, Colm called out the two-headed monster at running back. I'd say let's go Cerebrus. There's a three-headed monster. Baker Mayfield's mobility in the pocket, ability to throw on the move, could be key for the Browns in this game. Um, some of the off-season news many of you will have heard about and is kind of very relevant. The Chiefs have completely retooled their offensive line after the Super Bowl. What a shocker. But they have brought in Joe Tooney, probably one of the best, probably the best guard in my opinion, actually, in the NFL. And they've done a lot of uh, adjustment there, including the massive trade, obviously, to the Ravens. So how does that line gel could actually be the answer to this game? If they are consistent and solid and are able to handle a very strong Browns pass rush, happy days, the Chiefs will walk this. If they have growing pains and then the Browns are able to control the clock on the other side of the ball, this could be a very long afternoon for Chiefs fans. Um, Brian, you said, I think there's a field goal in it either way. I think it's going to be a very tight game. I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. Brian said, stats don't lie. Shakira famously said, hips don't lie. And the hips are very important for kickers. Harrison Butker, who we had on the show, one of the highest field goal percentages of all time, only behind Justin Tucker, I believe. On the other side of the ball, we've got Chase McLaughlin, who kicked around with Jacksonville and the New York Jets. That kicking game could ultimately be what's decided. So by a field goal, I am going with the Kansas City Chiefs. You're picking the Chiefs. 
It's, it's interesting because it's the first game for Kansas City since the AFC Championship because they never showed up in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Probably the worst offensive performance. Worst, don't even start me. Worse than the Rams. Patrick Mahomes running around like he was playing Madden. Running around. But it was. Oh my God, what a pass! But why, Incredible. But why was it? Why was it? Because of the offensive sure. line. Yes. Yeah. But they haven't played together properly in a proper season yet. Like, seriously, come on. I know that. Come on, I lads. I, it's a, come they, on. They, they didn't show up, but that's not on Mahomes. It's not Mahomes. Mahomes showed I'm just, up. Look, I'm just, I was, I was trying to have a joke saying the Chiefs never showed up. Mahomes had no protection. He had to throw the ball like that. I mean, he's, he's, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't need, well, he's better than, like, he's, if he's not better than Tom Brady, he will be eventually whenever he, I, I mean, whenever he retires, by the time I have four children. All right, so who knows what's going to happen there? Look, uh, so I'm any, taking the hand. Any, any breaking news? No, no, no breaking news. If only eh? there'll be a ticker along the bottom of the screen. Tom Brady was that's in your cuff. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Irish Chiefs, uh, good Belfast lad there, and I'm sorry to Brit Chief, etc. But look, obviously, I'm not going to pick the Chiefs this week. Of course, I'm not. I don't want the Chiefs to start. Uh, you know, I've got to try and take mm-hmm. the. The bias off me here. Very intriguing game. Baker Mayfield, let's go to the next level. The, the way he played in Arrowhead in January was class, boys. The want, the determination, it was class. You're talking about having a two-headed or three-headed monster. They've got Kareem He had Hunt the ball well, five minutes to go and he couldn't do it. Yeah, but he could do it this time. And the Chiefs don't care yet because it's not January, so it'll be grand. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Nick Chubb could be the deciding factor here. I really do. And... It's great. I, I would say Chiefs fans, how they have managed to get all these players together and get that line improved is key for them this season. And the Chiefs will, if not be in the Super Bowl, to be in the AFC Championship. They'll be there at the end of the year. But again, I think it'll take time for that line to, to, to go together. I think, if anything, I'm really excited to see how Clyde Edwards-Hilaire plays in his second season. I think the Browns are legend by a field goal, boys. I think it's going to happen. Um, and the Chiefs... We'll have lost our last two games if that happens. But then we'll have to talk about it. Like, you know, a serious problem. I'm only messing. I think, you know, it could be like 37-34 or 40-37. But this game, boys, let's make it very clear here. This game should be Sunday night football. Yes. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yes, it should. Come on. Like, I, I mean, we're not complaining. No, not, not <laughs> at the same time when all of our teams are playing, basically. <laughs> we'll be preferred. Yes, that would be nice. But sure, we'll, we'll see the crack. So, so I'm picking the... Uh, sorry, do you want to go ahead? I was just going to say, uh, Sam Darnold revenge tour we talked about earlier is Kareem Hunt revenge tour. Then you're going for in this game, I, boys. I think this could like you know I'm not I haven't picked the Browns for the Super Bowl, but they're a legitimate challenger. And this, for me to sit here, obviously as a Broncos fan and say I think the Chiefs will lose, that's an element of it. But I you know I wouldn't want to play the Browns week one. Doesn't matter if it's home or away, boys. Let's see what happens. Love the stats of so 16 and 0. Andy Reid September. My God, um, that's that's incredible. And Browns haven't won since 2005 in week one. That's even more incredible. 15 years that's that's mental uh, so I'm picking the the Browns you're picking the Browns I'm picking the Browns good man yeah. you're picking the Chiefs and you're picking the Chiefs spot the Broncos fans here eh? <laughs> we'll talk about the Broncos in a minute right speaking uh, of it's no not yet I'm not ready for that I'm not ready for that yet Mac attack Big Mac Mac attack it's time Mac Jones another second common situation can you take another potential dynasty into it I actually think that would put me off the sport um, who have you got today? I'm only master. The Patriots, the Dolphins, who have you got? Dan, I would be very worried if that's going to put you <laughs> off because I don't think any QB has been better set up for success 
Dan Mac Jones since Big Ben in his debut season in uh, 2004. Now, I'm not saying that uh, the Patriots are going to be as good as the Steelers were that year. I don't think that will be the case. Um, but Bill has got the band back together on defense. Like, talk about the return of the familiar faces. That safety blanket is there, and it's an all-new team on, on offense. Um, he got Cam out of the building, and given Cam's comments this week, I can see why. Um, it never made sense to me uh, it, on any level, either in terms of play or in terms of his, his attitude. Um, so I, I think that it it's a real problem uh, for the AFC East that uh, Bill Belichick has got the QB he wanted. Uh, he's going to be able to play the way he wants to play. Um, look, big test week one against the Dolphins defense. Very good against the pass, but not so good against the run. And what does Bill Belichick have? He has Damian Harris. So uh, Mac Jones probably will take it quite handy today. They'll lean on Harris. And, uh, you know, nobody's nobody has much. Well, expectations aren't that high, certainly in New England. Everyone's thinking it's two a time. Bill, Bill Belichick is going to, to ruin the, the, the Dolphins' day and uh, New England uh, start the season off with a win, which, you know, he this is the revenge tour for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick takes it out on the, on the league uh, after what happened last year. From the New England Patriot to the Dublin Patriot, Brian Leary, who have you got for this game today? I, I would disagree slightly with Colin when he says the expectations aren't high to a certain extent with the, with the Patriots. I think the expectations are obvious high and that's probably why Bill took last season so badly. Probably didn't help that Brady went and won the Super Bowl but he would look at it from the point of view of the Patriots and Cam coming in didn't work. And, and in saying that, they still were there thereabouts. I mean, they had a reasonably good record last year but it's not so much about the defence. You know, you say the return of the band. They've also brought in some very effective players. They've brought in some wide receivers. Not top upper echelons wide receivers but effective wide receivers that can fit into a system which I believe will be more geared to what's what they would have done with Tom Brady. Hunter Henry's come in. I, I, I was taken back to they signed two tight ends in free agency on the opening day of free agency. Uh, the other se second name escapes me from the Titans, but he's very serviceable. John Smith. There we go. John Smith, who a lot of people felt was probably the number one tight end in in free agency with Hunter Henry number two, and they signed Bodum. So, but at the same time, I still think it's a gamble. And it's not because it's the Patriots. Or that's just the way I feel about rookies in general going in in week one. I think it's risky. I said in the season preview, I'm very high on the Dolphins. I think Flores has done a really good job. They brought him really effective players. I know Will Fuller is suspended. He's more for the long term this season. Waddle from Alabama, I expect him to be having a game, a very effective game, very early in the season. And it's Tua's team now. Despite all the talk of Deshaun Watson potentially being traded there, I think Tua's come in. They've geared an offense around him. It's going to be run pass oriented. Um, I believe the Dolphins will have enough to win the game. So Colum's invoking Big Ben's rookie season. Uh, it went 15 and one. I'll, I'll take 15 and two as a record, guys, here and now. I'm just saying. You're I, happy I'm enough not, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was doing a pinch. It was doing a pinch. <laughs> um, look, fair or not, it is all about the QBs a lot. I alluded to it in the season preview show. This is maybe finally the year for Alabama quarterbacks to correct the mistakes of the past. Back in the day, we had Bart Starr, we had Joe Namath, we had Ken Stabler as great Alabama quarterbacks. This year, we do at least have Jalen Hurts, and in this game, two of them featured. Two or two Gavola, shouldn't have said the surname, <laughs> and Mac Jones uh, in, in this game. And in fact, if you want a little snapshot in time, just look at the 2018 Alabama depth chart. It is terrifying. All three quarterbacks were on it. 
the the, the NFL talent is loaded with it is unbelievable. But it is another Alabama product um, in uh, Mr. Harris, I believe, who will be the difference in this particular game, and he will be the key difference maker. Um, there's a lot of questions over Tua. There's rightfully a lot of questions over Mac equally. Um, but for me, if you look in uh, the monarchy of uh, the United Kingdom, um, there are a few standout monarchs from time to time. George V taking uh, uh, Britain through the war. George VI taking through the Second World War. In between the two of them, there was a little integrum with uh, Edward and Wallace Simpson and things like that. But we don't talk about that too much. This, hopefully, for New England Patriots fans, will be the same. Two great monarchies separated by a, a little brief interlude, shall we say. For me, not just because of my fandom, I am on the Pats because I think the game, uh, the teams match up uh, well for the Patriots. They are at home. We tend to lose away to the Dolphins, but win at home, and that is an important factor in this regard. And my God, will the crowd in Foxborough be mad to have football back in their lives in relation to it. The Patriots, for me, how it all pans out over the year, though, will be one of the storylines of the year. The Irish NFL show where we can talk about the GAA, UK monarchy, and it's such a diverse, welcoming show. We welcome our UK brethren to the show as well. Uh, the Alabama Bowl, gentlemen. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Cam Newton was grand in this team, even if he was the backup, even if he didn't work well with certain elements of this team. There was no reason for this for him to be caught. No reason whatsoever. If he was vaccinated, would he have been caught? Yes or no? Yeah. No, he wouldn't have been caught. Yes. No, no. This is an intriguing game. I'm excited to see, as, as you boys have alluded to, how Damian Harris can play. Hunter Henry could be a real factor this season. I'm just really excited to see. I, look, I've got him on my fancy team. All right, let's see what happens. The Patriots, um, you want to... Injured during preseason, Michael, just to warn you. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Maybe he'll like, you know, play properly, but like week 11 or something. And that's when I need him in that part of the season anyway. But that, this is the problem. They're bringing guys like us in. Bill spent a wee bit of money in February and March. Remember, boys, he started to flash the cash and then he brings in Mac Jones. Um, they're a team in transition, major transition, and they're not, they might not be ready yet. They could be a great team next year but they're not going to be a great team this year. I think the Patriots will, will not get to the playoffs this year. I think the Bills will walk the division personally. And they're not going to win today. They're not going to win today. Tua is out to prove a point, and he's got the, he's got the arsenal, the cavalry to do it. Miles Gaskin, Devante Parker, Jalen Waddle, rookie as well. Mike Gesicki, who we haven't even... He's, I think he's in for a big season, boys. And I think this could be comfortable for the Dolphins. I really do. And I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how Mac Jones is going is to play. But again, it's risky. It is risky putting somebody in week one. But do you know what? If he can do it, fair play to him. The strut that he walked down in that draft. He's a confident man. He's a happy man. He's starting week one. I think the Dolphins win by seven points. Okay. A few more games to go. Decent enough game here. I mean, it would have been good last year if Drew yeah. Brees is here. Got the hair done. Did he have a hair job, boys? Drew Brees, the overnight scene on NBC. He's got a lot of time in his hands now. So. He's got a lot of money as well, by the looks of it. Uh, <laughs> Packers at the Saints in Jacksonville. I would actually go as far as saying if there was no pandemic, this game would be in London. I think the NFL would have moved it to London for the crack. I actually, come on, why not? Too many logistics. Logistical errors would have been a challenge. We would have them here. Well, here, either, we yeah. do it here, yeah. Big <laughs> have it here for the crack. Um, Packers at the Saints, an intriguing game. Joe Buck. The lads are back, so we got they're both on at the same time. Buck and Tony Romo and all different networks. Who have we got? 
Um, I really want to see what Sean Payton can do with Jameis in terms of a reclamation project that could work. Um, if, if you can stop Jameis making those <laughs> errors, you have a QB with all the, the tools that you need. Um, you know, it's not, not every QB can throw 30 touchdowns. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has never got anywhere near it. Problem is that not many quarterbacks throw 30 interceptions either. Um, uh, that's going to be the, the interesting thing for the Saints, the thing for me this year. For the Packers, look, you know what's coming your way. How do you stop it? Um, the only way you stop it is you get pressure on Rodgers. The, the Saints are, are good at that. I just don't think they'll be good enough in this game to, to do it. Between Devontae Adams, between Aaron Jones and Rodgers, um, I, I think they will have enough to, to win this. But I do think the Saints will be really interesting to see what they do. Uh, and we will really see what... I, I think he's a really good coach, but I think he's going to have to earn it this year. Uh, Sean Payton with no true breeze and with the cap situation that he has fascinating one but Packers are winning can I just say this now quickly sorry Brian I know you want to give your take but you know Sam Monson obviously commented on your shirts as well lovely collection this week as well and <laughs> Brian this game is in Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida Ida just in case people are wondering why is the game mm. in Jacksonville like just in case but uh, there's a yes. hurricane anyway that's for sure there's a hurricane yes yeah. the game yeah has been played in Jacksonville and there was a lot of speculation as to why they picked that particular venue which was all led to the fact that Rogers had a difficult September when he plays in Florida and it was very expensive for the Packers fans to get down to Jacksonville this weekend I'd imagine neither of those items will be a concern come come Ooh. Sunday night I think there'll be plenty of Packers fans there and they'll be very happy in which they see which they will see from Rodgers and James Winston has won the job and I felt he would because I said Hill gives them another avenue within that offense and if you put him in as quarterback they lose that but James Winston threw 30 interceptions in his last season with Tampa Bay since he came into the league in 2015. Rodgers has thrown 32. So you compare that, the length of his career, 32, as opposed to 30 in one season. For me, it's a, it's going to be a difficult season. I said on the season preview, I felt that Saints have had really good years and they've missed great opportunities to win the Super Bowl and it's going to be a fall off the cliff situation. I think they're going to struggle. If this game was in the Dome, I'd still, t I'd still pick the Packers, and I, that would be, like you're talking about home field this, this weekend, I don't think we should be underestimating the impact of having full stadiums, and if that game was in the Dome, I think the Packers would still win, but it might be a little bit of a struggle, but for me, I think the Packers are going to win, I think it's going to be comfortable. You're talking about red zone games by the third quarter, fourth quarter, only dropping in every now and then, for me, this is one of them, the Packers will win comfortably. Yeah, the, 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 the Browns at the Chiefs is on Sky Sports, and this game is on Game Pass. You know, Mark, Brian's talking there about not many Packers fans in Jacksonville. I'd say after the last 10 years in Jacksonville, it could be a good few Packers fans in Jacksonville. <laughs> you know, what's your thoughts on the game? Um, I, I think there's too much consistency in the quarterbacks in Florida. So like, you know, Tua, as long as he performs, will be the quarterback in the Dolphins for a number of years. Brady, the, you know, Bucks will hold on to him for as long as possible. Lawrence is the quarterback in Jags for the next 15 years. So they had to import in two quarterbacks who won't be playing for their teams in next season just to have a little bit of dynamism there. Um, I love Brian's stat on the Winston Rogers comparison in terms of uh, inceptions. For me, it's pretty simple. Last season, the Packers offense uh, racked up the most yards. Uh, Aaron Donald, oh, sorry, Aaron Donald, Aaron uh, Rogers threw for the most passing touchdowns. Devontae Adams had the most receiving touchdowns in a position. They led the league in all of these categories. And there is no reason to say, even with Diva histrionics during the off season, that that offense is suddenly going to become less effective. We are talking about a team 
who was 13 and three the last two seasons and who probably should have uh, at least made a Super Bowl during those seasons and will definitely be there or thereabouts again. Um, like the playoffs isn't the target. The NFC Championship game isn't the target. Winning the whole thing is the target for Packers fans and that team this year. Whereas the Saints 100% are in transition. They're still trying to bury themselves out of salary cap hell longer term. They, Jameis Winston is not the answer. Unless it is funniest clips and memes about eating a W. Uh, unless it's, uh, you know, what multimillionaire might steal crab legs from a shop. Jameis Winston generally is only the answer to a certain few select uh, pop culture questions. He is definitely not the answer to the long-term solution as the New Orleans Saints quarterback. For me, this is the Packers all the way every day whether it's in jacksonville jordan or i don't know germania wherever you like there's no world in which the saints are winning this game germania nice one and um, i actually think if this game was in new orleans it'd be closer um if i am a saints fan you know they have missed that window and i would look at green bay the exact same green bay have won one super bowl with Aaron Rodgers. you can come in you can say he's won he's won what three mvps right grant good for him that's fantastic great fantastic player but the Packers have won one ring in 10 years. This is it. It's put up or shut up time, lads. This team should have got to the Super Bowl. They should have beat the Bucs. They didn't. Aaron Rodgers has had his summer of Rodgers, as we said last week. He has had every man, woman, and child in America talking about him. Well, now, Aaron, you've got the ball. Make the pass. And he will. There's no reason why Aaron Jones won't score two or three touchdowns today. And to be quite frank, I am really interested to see can Robert Tunyon make the next step up this season as well. The, the Packers should win this by 20 or 30 points. But this is it. This is the year for Green Bay to win the Super Bowl. If they don't, I think history will look on this team as maybe the most underachieving team in the last 10 years. And it is. You can't have Aaron Rodgers and not win and only win one Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just my, just my thoughts. Just my two cents. Michael, before we move on to the next game, can I just give a parental advisory warning for yes. our viewers? Okay. Um, if you have any concerns about swearing, violence, uh, general uh, obsessions uh, being perpetrated by individuals, please turn off the camera and just skip the next five minutes of our show because we're about to come to a show where I am a neutral and we're going to have three vibrant discussions, I'm sure, about the Broncos and Giants in week one of all time. Are we? Are we? Broncos, Giants. Uh, the Denver Broncos have missed the playoffs for how many years in a row? Five? Mm-hmm. I guess the Giants have done nothing since Eli Manning won the Super Bowl. Um, so it's going to be a good chat, boys. Uh, do you want to start off, Colin? Yeah. Um, well, it's time, uh, you know, um, put up or shut up. Vic Fangio, your time is now. Um, you know, a, the Broncos have had the stability in terms of the coaching staff. They haven't had the injuries. They haven't had a COVID situation. They brought Teddy Bridgewater in. And Teddy Bridgewater will become the fifth new starting QB for week one for, for the Broncos uh, since winning the, the Super Bowl. Broncos, the first team um, in the NFL to win a Super Bowl and then miss the playoffs the following five seasons. Um, but they, it's, it, everything is in place. It's the secondary is there. Uh, the front seven on the, the defense should be very good. There's plenty of playmakers. How good can Teddy Bridgewater be? I think that's the the, the question um, for for the Giants. Like as, as a Bronx fan, you're looking at it going, they've issues on on the O line, but then Bradley Chubb um, is not fit and had a 
an issue during the week where he missed court and then there was a, a warrant uh, issued for him. Not exactly the ideal start Colin, that you'd want. The court was three minutes from the training facility. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, just take care, <laughs> take care of business. Um, both of these teams uh, have had issues on the field. Both of these teams have had issues off the field. Um, obviously, I'm a fan, uh, you know. So you know, but it's it's like it's the affliction thing where you know it's it's been it's been hard slogging. I hope it changes for the Broncos this year, but it's it's difficult to get excited about Teddy Bridgewater. It really is, um, but. That said, um, and, and Brian may well have a different take, I think it, the Broncos can and should expect to, to win this game, given the issues that the uh, Giants have had on their line, given that Saquon is still coming back from the injury. If that was different, the, the result may be different, but I think the Broncos win this. Brian, the, the Broncos have had you know, a very unmemorable night at MetLife City. You know, they don't really like, I don't like us when we go to New York, so... What's your thoughts on this game? Um, <clears throat> it's a tricky one. It's a tough one to call, and I must say that because I'm a Giants fan genuinely. I think if, even this week, you look at all the various different previews of the games, and where there's six or seven selections, three are going Giants, four are going Broncos, and it's flipped around in different articles. The Giants defense for me, um, we were ranked ninth best defense last year as opposed to the Broncos. Like, there's a lot of talk this week, and it's more so around the Broncos defense. How how well does Broncos defense? You could talk about Job and, and Von Miller come back, and they're really effective up front. And then people are saying, and the Broncos have a brand new secretary. Exactly, it's a brand new secretary. Three new players, none of which have played together. Mm. We saw what happened on Thursday night with secondaries. And it's similar with the Giants. They brought in Odori Jackson, so I'm not going to say it's all smooth sailing for the Giants. I just do I do think the Giants defense generally is underrated. Teddy Bridgewater last year, I know it's a different team, but ultimately it's on him as a quarterback. He only won one game of five where he went up against a top ten defense because he couldn't get it done. The other teams knew how to scheme against him. I'd expect Patrick Graham to be coming up with very different screams to confuse him. I think it'd be a low scoring game. I agree with Colin on the Giants. I think there's too many unknowns on the Giants side. And I think Teddy Bridgewater would still find enough to do a game management situation to win the game. And my concerns on the Giants are it's a long-term picture. Week one, you don't win the Super Bowl in week one, you don't lose mm. it, you don't make the playoffs. The Giants are playing on Thursday night in Washington. And like most fans, if, 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 with the exception of maybe the Patriots and Chiefs, if somebody says to you, you can be one and one after two weeks, you take it. And where would you take that win? Will you take it within the division or will you take it against an AFC opponent? The Giants game on Thursday for me is more important. And it's a bit weird to say that bearing in mind it's week one. Uh, Barkley's going to be on a snap count. Ingram has been ruled out. Kyle Rudolph is going to play. Again, he hasn't had much of a preseason. Galladay has been injured for large parts of the preseason. Um, Tony has had COVID, and we don't know how effective he's going to be. He, he could be an unknown. He could come out and hit the ground running from what we saw in Florida, and we could be saying, oh, my God, what a player he's been in terms of the first-round pick. But for me, you're kind of trying to put all that together in an offense that's been put together with the exception of correcting the offensive line. So for me, I think it'll be a tight game. I think the Broncos will edge it, but I do think there's better days ahead for my joints. What do you reckon, Mark? I'm just amazed at how civil this is so far. This is great, guys. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, if, if they were playing the Patriots, it would not be the case. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing nice because Brian is nice. But wait, the Patriots, wait. Oh, just, just do wait. Mark, just wait the Monday night. I was going to say, wait until the cameras are off and the WhatsApp group's going. During the actual game, it might be a bit different. Mark, but... before you go on, do you know what else is nice? What? These New York Giants shoes. Oh. You. <laughs> Get them at you. <laughs> Uh, I love the fact Back that, to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Look, um, both these teams have problems uh, significantly. If I look at the Giants, Daniel Jones last season, 11 touchdowns. 
10 interceptions. That's not a fantastic ratio in any way, shape, or form. He was also the leading rusher on the Giants, which is uh, a very difficult position. You don't necessarily want a non-traditional running quarterback to be in, and of course, that shouldn't be the case this season with Saquon coming back. I mean, Daniel Jones even falls over when he's got 20 yards to go for a touchdown <laughs> as well. So that's not exactly what you want to see in that scenario either. Um, but the Denver Broncos had their own problems. The turnover machine has been benched. Minus 16 in terms of the takeaway giveaway count. That is surely an improvement. And Teddy Bridgewater will take better uh, care of the ball. But for me, um, it's funny. During the offseason, I was like Giants all the way on this. And then the preseason started and I saw the Giants actually play some football and I started to change my mind. Um, the, the one, two nuances, however, I am going to dwell on that I think are going to be very important in this regard. I don't trust the Denver Broncos interior offensive line at all, um, to be really honest with you. And I think that is going to hold them back uh, against the very good Giants defense. And Kenny Golladay, who didn't play much in preseason, had some uh, injuries during training camp may have a Randy Moss-like effect where you don't see much of him during the field, but as soon as the games matter, he comes on and makes a difference. That, I'm not comparing him to Randy Moss, but I am extremely high on Kenny Golladay and his impact on any football team. For that reason, um, it ain't going to be pretty. It is going to be low scoring, but I'll go with the Giants by a field goal. Sorry, Michael, let's make one quick point. Yeah. Just on Daniel Jones, because again, that is another boring issue for Giants fans. I'm going to reflect back on Eno Manning's career. His second year, uh, Tiki Barber ran for 1,800 yards. Took so much pressure off him. And that's what the Giants need from Barkley. It won't be, you know, we're going to see Barkley gradually as the season goes on up the ante, but that's what they need. They need him to come back. You touched on the fact that he ran 80 yards for, and he fell over, but he was, he, that was the most of a one play of a quarterback last year. And again, he, as you said, he's the most rushing player. That doesn't bode well. We need Saquon Barkley to come oh, back still so to funny. be the rookie player that he was. And hopefully he's come back off the injury. And if he does, that takes the pressure off Jones and he'll be able to deliver. Mm. My, Michael, I'm just going to say, Daniel Jones isn't even the best quarterback named Jones anymore. I mean, where, like, where do I start here? Where, where do I start? You know, let's look at the Giants first. You just mentioned Daniel Jones there. I love you, Brian, but like, come on. <laughs> but what have you been watching to say nothing? I am gonna, I am gonna be, I'm just taking the hat off, all right? I'm not trying to, I'm gonna give the Broncos as much here as I'm gonna give the Giants here. Saquon Barkley, I think, could be a deciding factor in this game if he's fully, is, like, how, how fit is he? Like he's fully fit. He's fully fit, okay. But so again, it's, it's, as I said, it's about Washington and Dorsey. That's why his, his play count yeah, will be reduced. I think the point you've made there is significant because that game in first is huge. There's no yeah. point in beating the Broncos and then losing the first exactly. against Washington in, in the NFC least. I mean, that, that's the way it is. You know, there's, there's a number of different variables here. 9-11 yesterday. 20 years on in New York. New York have a full stadium for the first time in over a year. That's going to be a factor, I think, when the, when the anthems are sung. The Broncos don't like playing in New York. They don't. I mean, granted, they beat the Jets last year, but me and you could have put pads on and had a go at them. Right. Um, in 2015, 20, 2016, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, they had a fantastic team. When they went and played the Panthers that September, they had a great team. They didn't have a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback since. Let's just call out some names here. Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Vaughn Miller, Malik Reed, Bradley Chubb, I go on, Justin Simmons, Ronald Darby, Pat Sertian III, Kyle Fuller. 
they don't have a quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is a stopgap. I don't see the point in starting Teddy Bridgewater when you have Drew Locke. The Broncos are under a transition year for some reason again. They brought in George Payton as the GM. John Elway's left. And I personally think that from day one, he called in Vic Fangio and he goes, here, I was in Minnesota here last year. I'm going to bring Teddy Bridgewater in. Aye, and we'll start him. That's genuinely, I think, was agreed from day one. Uh, you know, I think, you know, we've sort of made there a point. If Bridgewater struggles against the Giants, struggles week two and week three, what are you going to do? Are you going to bring Drew Locke in? It's just, it's a poor situation. And as a Broncos fan, I, it's it's sad to see players like Vaughn Miller have their best years wasted. And they're not, like, I just can't see how they're going to challenge for the division. I think the Broncos will win today by a field goal, only because Brandon McManus can hit 75 yarders. Boy, he's, he's unbelievable. But, I mean, I don't think either team, unfortunately, I think you know, the Broncos are even going to have a boomer bust season. And it's looking now after they make the Bridgewater pick. Steady Teddy, let's play it safe. You know, I just, I just don't get it. They're a Super Bowl. Sorry, they're a, they're a quarterback away from challenge for Super Bowl. What's the point? Why waste money and people's careers if you're not going to bring somebody in? It's, it's just, it's. I'm actually, I'm actually getting. Look, I'm getting sad talking about you're, it. You're going on talking about it. All right, you, you don't have a quarterback. Break? It's grand. You're picking yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, let's go. Broncos. <laughs> let me just, re, let me just regroup our thoughts here, boys, and we'll be back right after this break to talk matchbook betting picks ahead of the week and Sunday night football on the Irish NFL show. Welcome back into the Irish NFL show. It is time, gentlemen. Sunday Night Football, a fantastic matchup. We've got the Bears going to the Rams. I, yeah, it should be a good game. Colin, Sunday Night Football, two franchises that have, you know, Sunday Night Football, week one, both with a chance of winning the Super Bowl, yeah? Um, look, the story of this is, <laughs> guy is gonna, like, the story is Andy, Andy Dalton. He escapes Cincinnati. He's promised that he will be the week one starter, Ooh. right? Your head coach says week one starter, great. You're, you're with the Bears, Andy. You've got Alan Robinson, um, that fantastic talent. Um, yeah, you're going up against Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is going to ruin um, Andy Dalton's night. He's going to ruin the Bears' night. He's going to ruin many nights for many different teams over the course of the season. He's the best player in the league. He's a phenomenal. Just watch what he can do. He's a wrecking ball. He's brilliant. The Rams are winning this all day, all night. It's over. Good luck, Chicago. All the best for the rest of the season. You should have played Justin Fields from the start. He's the future. He's going to be a really good QB. You you guys can mock up the, the, the Bears fans are getting excited. I get why they're excited, but they, this is pointless. Dalton, useless. Just get on with it. The, the Rams by a country mile. 
You asked earlier on why um, the Chiefs game against the Browns wasn't on Sunday Night Football. The reason is Super Bowl's in, so in SoFi Stadium this year. NBC, it, yeah. Yeah, it was on last year. NBC, it was on. They had, they had matches in the stadium last year. Just, just the fourth time there's going to be proper fans in. That's the reason why it's on Sunday okay. Night Football. I'm going to take you back to 2009. Um, Lucas Oil Stadium, brand new stadium. The Colts went in, Peyton Manning. Everybody was saying, wow, this is going to be great Sunday Night Football. They're playing against the hapless Bears team. And then Matt Forte arrives and he destroyed the, the, the Colts and he ruined the, the new stadium, the opening night, NBC, everything that they were building up to was ruined. We're going to see something similar Sunday. There's going to be the hype. Matthew Stafford, the new stadium, and McFay, the big year. Are you going to go to Super Bowl? Are you going to be the first? Is it going to be like when buses come in London? You see one, then two arrive. And we have the Rams in the Super Bowl playing in their own stadium. Or we're going to see the Bears, who I do believe Andy Dalton should be playing. Because again, back yeah. to my point, I find it too risky to start a rookie quarterback, in particular in a game against three. I look at the cornerbacks, Williams, Hill, Ramsey. You see, they're top three cornerbacks in the league. It's, sorry, one of them being in safety. That's before you even get to Sam, sorry, to the defensive line. So I can see why the Bears are going with Dalton. I don't think it's anything to do with the fact that he was promised a position. I think they realise it's too big a game for a rookie quarterback. So you know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to expect the Rams to win and the Bears are going to go in and win. No, they're not. The, the game will be over the tour quarter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay up on Sunday night for this game, more so because I have a few friends that support the Bears and I want to see how they get on. And it's football and it's week one. So I am really looking forward to watching this game. But I do believe come the end of the tour quarter, Matthew Stafford will have a re relatively easy debut because the Henderson and Son Michel and the likes of that and Cooper Cup will have a game and they'll win by two touchdowns yeah I mean Bears fans at the moment are contemplating a couple of things one is uh, can they hire in the Chargers team doctor who uh, took care of Tyrod Taylor last season uh, and or could they potentially send Andy Dalton to uh, Baltimore uh, to just play with the Ravens for at least one practice should do it for the uh, season <laughs> for him um, unfortunately neither of those things are happening and the reality is Chicago Bears you have some amazing players um, David Montgomery is an amazing player Adam Robinson a wide receiver on defense you've got Khalil Mack you've got Roquan Smith you're very very talented players but I'll try and keep this simple you're not winning this game this is the biggest lock of the week for me the Rams are going to walk this game they don't only have the strength on the defense they now have a more functional quarterback uh, that Sean McVay has been tinkering with during the entirety of the offseason and will have some schemes, I'm sure, that will make use of Matthew Stafford's talents. Do I think they can go with the weight? They might be there or thereabouts. I doubt it over the whole season. But for this game in particular, the Rams are walking this. Uh, at least two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, interesting. Well, it's time. Alleluia. Alleluia. Justin Fields has entered. Chicago have a quarterback. Alleluia. No. Uh, Again, you don't take, as I said last week, you don't charge your phone to 30% and rip it out and, and go for it. Like, you know, I, we almost, could, I, this is what's going to happen. The Bears will be 14 points down in the second quarter. Twitter will go mad. Put in Justin Fields, put in Justin Fields. If they put him in tonight, by God, yeah. rip the plaster off. Don't give him time. Let him mature. Let him play. Let's just look at it like this. If they started Fields tonight and they started Fields for 17 weeks, are they going to win the Super Bowl this year? Neil, no, 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 senor. They haven't a chance, right? In the same way that any team that I support, they're not, they're not going to win. So I'm not trying to be biased here. And I'm not jealous because Fields, I wish Fields all the best in Chicago. I think he could be really, really good in a couple of years. If you put him in week one or week two, 
your mental. And the, the, this is the thing, Matt Nagy is under serious pressure and he'll do it tonight. And so if I stay I'm going mad, it'll happen. I just, I just, I, I find it hard to believe that people are clamming for him to come in. Give him time. Get, make sure the, he's ready. The only scenario I could see him explaining the game is if it's the fourth quarter and the Rams are comfortably ahead and they've taken players out on defence, they'll say, right, let's give him a couple of stabs. More so to get used to the pace of the NFL and just the, the, the general transition. Mm. But not in, his, in, his, in his, not in the second quarter and certainly not in the third quarter. So everybody's got the Rams? Yes. Let me just say this before we go, right? Would you, lads, take a Dublin minor player that scores 110 in, in the All-Ireland minor final and go, do you know what? We should put him in for Dublin up front. No, you wouldn't. Completely I, I'm going to make one point. The greatest coach in the history of the NFL, as much as it pains me to say that, is going with a rookie QB this season, right? And we talked about Big Ben Rattlesberger, who came in in his rookie season, 15 and won the Steelers. Right? This notion that you sit people, Pat Mahomes, has, he has messed with people's heads. Stop it. Josh Allen start, started very early. Justin Herbert came in. Justin Herbert had no offseason. Justin Herbert had no preseason games. Justin Herbert was unbelievable. Start your rookies. Don't mind this nonsense you have to sit. It's not the 70s, it's not the 80s, it's not the 90s, it's not the noughties. It's 2021. The game has changed. Let's see. For all we know, who knows, Justin Fields could go in and ball out. Let's see what happens. Sunday Night Football. I'll, t I'll take the Rams by 21. Okay. So, as we said this week on Twitter, we're really, really delighted and pleased, to be honest with you, not just to be at the Viva Stadium, but to also announce a partnership with the Matchbook Exchange, matchbook.com. And Matchbook, lads, have been very generous. They have gave us 300 yo-yos, 300 euros, to put NFL bets on uh, for the first few weeks of the season. Lads, we're going to go through each a banker of the week uh, to start off with. Do you want to... Uh, for me, 49ers, uh, they are, I, I cannot see any possible way they uh, lose to the Lions. So they are my banker of the week. Here you go, Brian. I'm going to go with the Packers. The line is four and a half points. Tickets float around five, depending on what time you look at the, the matchbook.com website. But um, I, think the, I think it's quite low. I think the Packers will win comfortably. And uh, yeah, difficult day for the Saints. I've already just given my lock of the week in relation to this. I don't care where you set the line. The Rams, 100%. Uh, for me, it's the Bills. I just, I, I think the Bills are going to dominate the Steelers. And I just, uh, yeah, if, you know, we're putting money on the bills, boys. All right, we're gonna put money in the bills. Um, Brian, you've some you've some more information on the on the betting exchanges for this week. Yeah, well, back and forth. Thanks to Matchbook.com, we've been looking through what we believe to be our pick of the week in terms of us putting a accumulator together. So I think we've agreed in the end we're gonna go with a treble, and the treble is the Packers, the Rams, and the 49ers. So I think at the time of recording, it's around six to four. But um, if you keep an eye on it throughout the day, you might get a better price leading up to the kickoff. And if you open up a new account with Matchbook, you bet 10, they give you 15 euro free bet, matchbook.com. They've got all the odds, all the lines on every game today. And, we, and as far as I know as well, you can use it both in the Republic of Ireland and in Northern Ireland as well. So I think it's euro pound equivalent. So yeah, go for it, 18 plus gamble aware etc all that but we're delighted to be with matchbook and we really appreciate matchbook for coming on this year some great content on their twitter pages as well especially a weekly nfl show which is good crack and yeah it's 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 great to see i'm i'm sure brian that that banker is going to come in yeah 
can't wait to see it on Monday morning. That's why we dropped the bills from it. So the coffee, the, the, <laughs> you're paying for the coffee on Monday morning, yeah? That, that's the well, uh, I'm confident. That's the agreement. Uh, again, just thank Matchbook. They've looked after us in, on top of a number of things. And um, yeah, hopefully come Monday morning, we have a few extra quid in our new matchbook.com account. And you'll find on Thursday night football that we'll also have an appearance from Matchbook as well. Something to look forward to. Just before we go, we are back tomorrow night, 10 o'clock live, to look at the Ravens against the Raiders. Uh, join us live because it should be good first time we've been properly live actually properly you know live in in that setting since the draft so it should be good crack that was a good night uh hopefully mark's wi-fi will will hold up gentlemen but let, let's just let's just look at it i guess obviously amazing to be in the aviva stadium we started week eight last year in our bedrooms on zoom and you know it's it's hard for us not to i think realize that the I think you know we, we have to thank everybody that's, that's helped us to get to this point not just people that have got us here but people on Twitter Facebook etc have interacted with us you know I guess bought into the whole Irish NFL thing and and just thank everybody it's it's, it's been a fantastic experience Colin you know to be at the Aviva Stadium is it's a decent backdrop to what I'm used to anyway uh look I've been watching this game um, since the, the late 80s. I went to my first college game in 91. Fordham played Holy Cross down in Limerick. Um, to be now at the, the home of college football in, in Europe is very special. We all know the Aviva has a special place in Ireland and to be doing it week one of a new NFL season when we've got fans back in the stands, that makes it even more incredible. Now, Brian, we're going to go on to the pitch in a second, but you're not going to do like your Jason McAteer celebration. No, you're not going to go, go around like this right <laughs> No. But- I'll restrain myself. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, and we, it would be a mess if it's not to say this, there is a game coming here next year. I mean, even just looking here now, how good would it be to have, not, and it's great to have college games, but how good would it be to have an NFL regular season or even a preseason game here? Especially now when it has been reported this weekend that teams can have their own international markets themselves. Surely the Steelers are a shoe in. Well, it's a stadium that's ready for the big events. We saw, unfortunately, with, with the pandemic, mm. the, the European Championships were, took place this summer and there was games originally scheduled here and unfortunately we, they couldn't commit to it and they had to move the games back to the UK. So they've got the events. They've also had the Europa League final here. There was a commitment to play two college games here the previous years. Unfortunately, they've been cancelled as well because of the pandemic. We look forward to next year's college game, but certainly, you know, with this new information coming out around potential teams, folks on different cities, Straight away, we all think Steelers, and please God, that is the case because we've had great success within the show and great support from the people of Pittsburgh and within the within the organisation itself. So to see Pittsburgh Steelers here, albeit I'm not a fan of the Steelers, I know there's a significant amount of fans here in the country. It would be great to see them here one day playing a game, and not just for ourselves, but for all the fans around the country to actually experience an NFL game back here in Dublin. And Mark, great to see the growth of College Football Ireland and, and the and the Erlingus College Football Classic and what should be a great game next August between Northwestern and Nebraska. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. I mean, you know, we've had some great games here at the Aviva and different things. I've been here for Ireland, New Zealand in the rugby, Ireland, Germany in the soccer, the Heineken Cup finals and things like this, but equally Notre Dame Navy and uh, Virginia Tech when they were over as well. And so was Georgia Tech. So there was a few too many Sherbers that Boston day. Boston College, Georgia <laughs> Yeah, Boston Harrison College. Bunker. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, the, the Notre Dame Navy game stood out for me and everything, just the atmosphere and the, the, the band and everything. So, I mean, there's some great uh, experiences. Uh, great to have college football back in Ireland again next year. Um, Nebraska, our good friend Danny Woodhead will probably be over for, for that game. We look forward to that. Um, and, you know, you say it about the NFL here, like, yeah, I mean, Steelers-Patriots wouldn't be a bad game uh, to, to lure them over in relation to it. But it's like we've all seen at the London games. You go to the London game, 
you will see 32 jerseys from every fan base all around um, uh, the NFL. It is not just necessarily the team's playing because we love the game. We love, hate, admire, detest all of the 32 franchises in different fashions, but we can appreciate the game. We can appreciate great football. We just love having the NFL over this side of the world in relation to it. So whether it's in London, whether it's in Dublin, whether next season as we'll also see it in Germany, we can take pleasure in the fact that it will bring together fans from all franchises, fans from all around the world uh, to enjoy the NFL outside of North America as well. And I would say just finally to anyone watching this, especially because there's a lot of people in the UK that watch this as well, you know, England, Scotland, Wales, that go to the London games, consider coming over here next year for this. I think this college game is going to be great. Two great universities, massively supported universities and colleges in America. And it's week zero of the college season. You've no excuse, boys. You can go to that, then go to the London games for a few weeks as well, but it's going to be a great, great game next year. Collegefootballireland.com. I don't know when tickets are coming out, but it'll be, it'll be very soon. You can sign up to a mailing list and they will be in touch with you as soon as possible. There's not really a bad seat in the Aviva, to be honest with you. But that's that's it. We've done it. We've been to the Aviva. Boys, I'm going to get you all to Ravenhill now before week eight or week nine of the season <laughs> up in Belfast. We're in Dublin next Sunday for a meetup in the Woolshed Bar from 5.30. Uh, Brian's buying the first round. As um, always. There's no tickets, but you have to RSVP on Facebook. I would say if you don't have Facebook, it's Irish NFL Show on Facebook, just RSVP on the event. There's a lot of people now having good Facebook. It's fine. Just if you want to maybe contact the bar, the Woolshed Bar on Twitter or Facebook and tell them you're coming. It is a general event and we'll have to adhere to any COVID-19 restrictions put in place by the HSE. But we look forward to seeing you next week. And lads, for now, enjoy. Football is back again today, back in force after Thursday night. It's great to be back. And lads, thank you for, uh, for joining us today. Thank you very much to Matthew behind the camera as well and we will see you tomorrow night live at 10 p.m where we will reflect on many's a result i would say and look ahead to the ravens against the raiders and monday night football but for now enjoy the games and we'll chat to you soon